Hey, we just finished, wrapped up, uh, what is it, week two, week two. of it's complicated. it's complicated podcast, companion podcast, and we're talking about politics, and we know people are so sensitive when it comes to this area, and we tried our best to toe the line, but also to honestly answer all the questions that you guys submitted, so just give us a little bit of love and grace and know that we still love you. We can be community afterwards. Yes, I love you so much, and uh, it is, it's a raw conversation. Yeah. We, it's it's a a long conversation. Long. We try to get through a ton of questions, and it's really hard to talk about politics without getting political. Yeah. So, and we know that anything we say could be interpreted a certain way. So we just ask for a ton of grace. Yeah. If there's anything that offends you, don't hesitate to send in an email and let's talk about it. Yep. So podcast at the X dot church. We just ask, don't make assumptions. Stick with us through the journey. We know it's an important conversation. Hope you enjoy this week of the X podcast. <laughs> Well, hey, welcome back to the X Podcast. I am here with Tim Moore. And let me just tell you, what he is excited because <laughs> right before we started recording, you were dancing. Doing a little dance? You were dancing. Doing is it because dance. it's so nice outside? It is beautiful. Almost 70 degrees. Or is it? It's probably 70 right now. It is like I'm 70 little, and sunny. It's, it's a little windy, but it, it made I'll me take so it. happy. I know. In February. Happy. This is the weirdest thing ever. Mid-February yeah. hit 70. 71. 71. 71. That's crazy. In the middle of winter in Ohio. Can That's I tell insane. you a little can I tell you a little trade secret uh, though for someone who has lived in a few different states? What's that? Whenever you move to a new state yeah. and people talk about the weather, yeah. they will say this. They will say, Hey, we have a saying around here. If you wait don't like the minutes. weather, wait 10 minutes and it'll change. So I've become convinced that may just be around the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hear mean, everybody use that. Yeah, yeah. But it's more true here. It, okay, maybe it's more true here. Uh, but um, well, go to San Diego. And yeah. it's the same every day. That is very, very true. Yeah. Go to Antarctica. Um, is the same every yeah. day. Yeah. So, it, but I believe like last night or the night before that, or one of them, it got down to like 30 or 20. So there is like a 30 oh, it's to, to 40 snow or, again in a couple days. 30 or 40, 50 degree gap still happens within a day or two. Yeah. Okay. Me. So, how are you doing? Great. Great. Let's get started. Let's because do it. Because <laughs> we got. So- <laughs> Because we have a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, if you were not here this past Sunday, uh, we usually don't all the time reference our church community. Yeah. But just as a recap of what we're doing, we are pairing these weeks of the podcast with our current message series at X Church. We are leveraging it to kind of piggyback off continuing conversations answering emails, answering tough questions. We're in the middle of a spicy series called It's Complicated, Mm. where we hit abortion, racism, sexuality, gender, culture wars, and politics. And this past week, you hit week two, Mm. which was politics. Yes. And I could feel the tension in the room. (laughs) You could cut (laughs) it with a knife. Yeah. And it was also reflected in the amount of emails and texts that we got. And we made a promise to the people on Sunday. We made a promise to our dear listeners and viewers that we would do our best Mm -hmm. to hit as many of these questions as possible. Before we do, do you want to quickly recap for context mm. what you talked about this past Sunday? Yeah, the um, we talked about politics in church, which is you know yeah. big no 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 right and religion and politics. Yeah, and one of the things that I kind of said is the Bible, and again, our approach on Sunday is to try to address things 
from a biblical perspective. We are a church, so we're asking the question, what does Scripture say about these subjects? Mm -hmm. And then we're using this conversation to maybe expound upon that, but also to think critically. Yes. And, you know, I think one of the things that I really tried to address was that the Bible doesn't really address politics per se in regard of government systems and what you should have. It's, but it does speak to power which is politics ultimately, that's, that's what we care about. Mm -hmm. In other words, politics is all about leading or governing the affairs of the city or state. Mm -hmm. And so we do care about who makes decisions. As I said that, and people got really, uh, it got t tense and awkward <laughs> when I said, I bet you do care about politics because you sure cared when they made you wear a mask on an airplane. <laughs> and it just got kind of like, am I supposed to laugh at that? Or is that, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, and so you could feel the tension, but I, I wanted to point out we do care about politics. Even if you're not someone who loves mm -hmm. politics in general, the political system, we do care about who is in control. Yeah. And we so care when we're affected by the results. And, and the basic scriptural answer that I brought from both uh, Peter, who kind of was one of the first leaders of the early church, really, and Paul, who's one of the most significant um, kind of voices of the New Testament church, was both of them basically you know, had the same uh, answer when it comes to our response in the political realm or authority figures, which is to submit to the authority over us for the Lord's sake. Yeah. And so we kind of unpacked what it looks like and why we can actually submit when we trust that God is really in control of everything and kind of even ended showing the beautiful nature of even in a very, uh, what, what most people on the outside of, I want to say outside of, I was talking about Iran, mm -hmm. and most people outside of Iran look at it as the regime that runs it is, is militant, is yeah. um, dogmatic. Uh, in their views, uh, mm -hmm. it is an, an Islamic uh, Republic of Iran. So, so they have their faith intertwined with their government mm -hmm. system and how they run. And we've seen um, women. Uh, we, we, the, the I can't remember the lady's name, but the lady that was that was killed. Yes, uh, probably about six months ago now. Yeah. Remember, you and I were in Atlanta. Yeah, and there's and there was a march, big march, huge march for uh, rights uh, for the Iranians. It yes. was in happening in Atlanta because of all the protests that it sparked, and then the people that have been killed since they protest. Yeah. And I, my point that bringing up was, and here is a, a government system that I think everybody would look. Everybody on the outside maybe would look at it and just seems tyrannical, mm -hmm. but at the same time, the church is exploding, and it's the yeah. fastest growing movement of the evangelical church yes. in, in the world today. So you preached a message on politics. You really took time to develop what is the definition of politics. Mm -hmm. You kind of landed politics as power, mm -hmm. and then you built a biblical framework for power, authority, submission, yep. Yep. and then you landed basically in our hope isn't in yep. the political powers. Yep. It's in spiritual renewal. But... Uh, if I can say this respectfully, there are people who feel like we left a lot out. Well, it and, was already over and 50 it was already minutes, 51 so, minutes at least. But so, it, and, so, and then part of it is I know you, I'm like, I wonder how much, um, uh, you wanted to get people thinking. Cause one of the things I yeah. love watching is, is how much this is spurring side yeah. conversations, yeah. families. I'm, I'm leading a small group for the first time in, in, a, in about a year or two, and I walk in on Monday nights, and they're all talking about it. Families yeah. are discussing it still, which is beautiful. I think, I think too, you, I've even said on the front end, I, we do not have the time right. in that kind of format to nuance right. all of these concepts, sure. and it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Even this coming yes. week as I talk about abortion, there's going to come like, mm -hmm. well, what about this situation? What yeah. about this? Thing? And I'm going to address it. I go, I can't address all of these situations. Right. This is, you know, I already, it's probably going to mm -hmm. be over 50 minutes again. So, but, but I will say when we, when, especially 
I feel like in our society and in America and in kind of Western cultures mm-hmm. to speak to things that can be as uh, tender as uh, it's kind of the trifecta. You're talking about honor, submission, and authority. Yeah, those three yeah. things. That that's that's a it's a big concept to unwrap. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, each of us. Let's just be honest. Has our own sense of rebelliousness. Yep. And then you have abuse of power. And then you yep. got bad rulers. And then you got rulers at times that will ask you to do things that you shouldn't do. Right. So it, it hit a nerve and provoked a lot of questions. Yeah. I think in a good way. Yeah. So I j- just so you know, a lo- I'm, I'm going to read some specific questions. But there are a lot of questions that overlapped. I'm going to probably yeah. sandwich together for time's sake. Yeah. But just so you know, and I'm going to try to respond to everybody, but to everybody that wrote in, thank you yeah. for emailing us. Thank you for engaging in the process. And uh, you said you were going to, before okay, you started. Okay, here we go. So I said I was going to say, say, I said I was gonna tell it. who you voted for. <laughs> who you remember? That was, yeah. Thank you for letting me pick on you at times on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Uh, let's do this. Uh Okay, here, here's a here's an email. I noticed the words submit, submission were used quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like different people have different ideas on what it means to submit. Would you expound on this? And really, we got several text submissions that were pretty much the same thing. Okay. Well, what, what does submission actually mean? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What do you mean by that? Okay. First of all, I think the the question that comes in, the question that's given is great. Try to remember that what we were doing on even Sunday is addressing it within a specific context. So it's like, I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. What mm-hmm. does submission mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, the definition, according to the dictionary, is to submit to someone, yield to someone's power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, submission looks different, and, and I even addressed it a little bit in there, but it can, it can look a little bit different depending on what arena that you're in, like mm-hmm. how it's lived out. Um, but... I think what I'm going to try to take a stab at what I think is being asked. And maybe you tell me okay. if you think, I think in regards to the politics and the passage I used in first Peter chapter two, let me, let, let me stop you. Sorry, not, not to interrupt already, but I, to push back a little bit, <laughs> um, submission, you even made this point on mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. is something that biblically is, a, is applied to all arenas. Yes. So, it is. so yes, the context matters, right. but I mean, you see this with civil, sure. with, with spiritual, with, I mean, sure. you, you see that across the board. I know, but I'm saying, I don't know how to answer that question. It looks different. If gotcha. you're asking okay. for a practical, what does it look like? Okay. I'm just saying it looks different in every arena. I'm not saying that it is different and that we shouldn't submit. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, marriage, I mean, Paul said, submit to one another yeah. out of reverence. Right. You know? and so, so I think what I'm saying is that the question I'm assuming goes back. That's what I was going to say. I'm assuming that goes to the passage I read in First Peter chapter 2 mm-hmm. that says, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authorities. Yeah. To the king as head of state, mm-hmm. live your lives in an honorable way to silence full silence. And then it says that we are to um, we are to respect everyone, love the family of believers, honor God, and respect or honor the king. Depending on which translation, some say honor the king, some say respect the king. Mm-hmm. So I I'm I'm just going to make a jump and say that the question is coming in context of that. Sure. And we are talking about in a political. Uh, I would say a civil political environment. Let me just say that. In a civil political environment, what does it look like to submit? Well, I mean, to me, I think first and foremost, it looks like that you follow the laws of the land. Mm -hmm. That when you have a governing authority that is dictating and setting laws of the land, again, that's the things that you're 
The, we have laws for what you're not supposed to do. So never break the speed limit. Exactly. <laughs> and then if you do, repent. <laughs> <laughs> so don't you just hate doing that, though? But, but we are. And if you don't submit, what happens to you? I mean, you're going to get a speeding ticket. Yeah. I mean, you were telling me about how yeah. you've gotten three already this year. Uh, and it's just that's February. That's not uh, true. Oh. Uh, well, okay. moving on. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it, ultimately, I, I think let, – let me just kind of answer this because I think the question is asked, what does that look like in mm-hmm. practicality? Mm-hmm. Um, let me talk about that in regards to the political arena. What, what I am – what I would say is – I'm going to add to that respect the king. What does that look like? I think, it, number one, it means that – we should respect the process that our government has put in place mm-hmm. for transfer of power. So, I mean, that's one thing I even made mention of that we see that happens. And w- I know we're going to get into this with the Capitol attack on January 6th. There's, mm-hmm. there, there was, there's not a, that's, we have in our governmental structure, we have what is set up for a tr- peaceful transfer of power mm-hmm. based on votes. Mm-hmm. And so I would argue that to submit to authority means that when the one you didn't vote for becomes the new elected official, that you are going to be you're going to live in submission to that into that person. You're not going to necessarily revolt because you wanted your candidate and your party to win. Um, I think it means to follow the laws of the land. I I think respect the king takes it in a whole nother level or Mm -hmm. honor the king. I think um, I've heard, again, I made mention of this. I remember even hearing uh, many uh, Christ followers that were all using when Donald Trump was president, hashtag not my president. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lack of respect that is mm-hmm. given to a person or a candidate when we strip them of the title, when we just, um, when we call them names. When mm-hmm. we, like, I, I'll give you, uh, again, I want to go back to respecting the king. And this was something I didn't say on Sunday because I knew this would ruffle a lot of feathers. But we're on a podcast, there's no one in the room. Right. There will be a lot of people watching this. Um, one of the things that I think is, to me, is not a, is not a respecting of the king. Submission is, submission is only necessary when there's a disagreement. Submission only begins when there's a disagreement. Yeah, and so, so that's why I'm going to add respect to this. Because mm-hmm. submission would be, I don't agree with whatever, you know, is like, okay, I don't agree with paying taxes. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard of Federalists who would make a, an argument based on the the documents back there that uh i should not be required to pay taxes um i I would say submission is no i'm supposed to file taxes and i'm supposed to do it properly and i'm supposed to follow the laws of the land not try to cheat it which there's an exact biblical parallel to that yes there is give to caesar what is caesar's yes um and so and and was asked do we pay the temple tax was asked was asked should i pay tax and jesus yeah i mean whose whose inscription is on it and so I, um, and even even at one point, Jesus to come up with the money, sent Peter fishing, <laughs> go pull fishing. And Mel, you're gonna find two coins. Go pay our tax. And so, but I, I think that's that's what I'm talking about when it comes to submission. And I think in the respect aspect, because I, I don't think we've had a, a lot of challenge of submission in that regard. Because I told you afterwards, you, you know, we have sometimes a little debriefs, and you're like. Well, yep. And I told you, I was like, I know you only have 51 minutes. <laughs> Don't even have that. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm glad you're going into this. Maybe this is where you're going is uh, submission isn't just not storming the Capitol. Right. No, no, no. But if, because one, one of the arguments you made is that our response when we disagree yeah. is a direct witness, uh, a direct reflection of our witness for Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah, flesh that out a little bit more. What, so, what is so, an honorable so response? So an honorable like? response to me, I can, it's hard because I can describe what it 
doesn't look like and what we've seen. <laughs> it's it's um, almost like the Supreme Court justice, who was it forever ago, that was like, you know, I don't know how to define pornography. But yeah, you know but I know when, when I see it. it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'll give you a great example. I remember when this starting, this phrase started to get popularized even around um, Christians. And I remember watching some type of event, an event that was being held at a church mm -hmm. in Texas. You remember this? There was an event. It wasn't even on Sunday, but an event that was being held. It was kind of a political event that was being held. I know where you're going. And all of a sudden, it breaks out into this big chant. And there's like a couple thousand people. And they're all chanting, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Let's go. And it's like, okay. So for anybody that's been living under a rock and doesn't know what that phrase means, it is the... Uh, I was going to say politically correct. It's not that correct. Um, but it is like, it's a euphemism. Well, maybe not euphemism, but it kind of is. It's a code F phrase for F, F Biden. F Biden. Yeah. It was started by a, a racer yeah. uh, at one point. And, and I am shocked by the amount of Christ followers that have no issue going around saying, let's, let's go, Brandon. Mm -hmm. like, like somehow it's like, it's better than just saying F brand, uh, Biden, sorry, mm -hmm. F Biden. Like, if you're yeah. going to do that, just go around and if you're going to put a bumper sticker on your car, then just put one on there that says F-U-C-K Biden. Mm -hmm. And go ahead and put it right next to your cross the, um, bumper sticker yeah. on the back as well. The one where it says Jesus is a Jewish, you know, my Jewish carpenter is my, you know, boss. Like, it, it, like what I was, the point I was trying to make, and I didn't even say that particular example on Sunday, and just say, is that is not. Living, number one, what Peter said, that is not living an honorable life mm -hmm. that will silence the ignorance of, of foolish mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. who, who are making accusations. That's yeah. literally what it says. And it is not a way to respect the position. When it says respect the king, you know what's better about that? And if Peter did write that mm -hmm. in 65 AD when Nero was the mm -hmm. emperor, the king of kings over all of Rome, he didn't say uh, respect Nero. Mm -hmm or the king over Galilee, respect this person, or you know Judah like Herod was at one point. He said, respect the king. That's the position. Doesn't yeah. matter who's in it. Yeah. Respect and honor that. So, so when I look at it in context of everything, and that's what we looked at, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through mm -hmm. 17, where it says that for the Lord's sake, honor the king as head of state. It says, according to God's will, live your lives as honorable, Mm -hmm. silencing the, 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 the talk, ignorance of foolish people who make accusations. So in other words, don't even give people a reason to have an accusation against you because mm -hmm. of the way you live your life. Mm -hmm. And then it also says to respect and honor the king. Yeah. When I put all that together, that is behavior that mm -hmm. does not align with being a Christ follower, if you ask me. Yeah. I don't care what your political view is. Mm -hmm. you, you don't denigrate the person yeah. We can disagree and talk about issues. That's another thing I see is that in conversations, political conversations and debates, and I'm not talking about the ones held on TV with presidential candidates. I'm talking about, and, and here's the thing. What have we seen the last couple presidential debates? It's gotten very personal. Mm -hmm. It didn't used to be that way years and years ago. Now these debates have gotten very personal mm -hmm. where they're taking stabs at each other, at their mm -hmm. spouses, at like, I mean, yeah. their looks. All, bit all, of dignity's all, gone. all of that. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we're no longer having an instructive conversation about policy mm -hmm. and about things that's fine to debate what's the best way to go about improving our country. We're not even doing that. Now we're literally just cut downs yeah. on the other person. Yeah. And the moment you move it away from the, the policy and the politics to the person, yeah. you're denigrating someone that Jesus loves that he mm -hmm. died for, an image bearer of God. And I just don't see a place for that as a Christ follower. Yeah.
I don't know if that answers like because I yeah. feel like it's kind of a hard question to answer yeah. in the political realm. If you have, please add to it. I'll I'll give a couple cents, but I just um, I echo what you just said. I echo your echo that you just echoed. <laughs> I, I no, what you said is, is perfect. It's great. I I have a friend that f- follows Jesus, and I saw. I can't remember what it was, and this isn't a judgmental thing, but it was in their car or somewhere they had a Let's Go Brandon, and it it honestly blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I know, we can get into this later, I, I know depending on maybe, you know, kind of what your family atmosphere is like, your friend circles like, even different regions of the, of the country, certain things can feel more normal. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's certain pockets, even different places in certain cities or states, yeah. especially around the country, where things seem more normal. Um, but I can just say no matter how normal it may be in a friend circle for anyone who claims to follow Jesus, uh, for you to wave the flag of Jesus and then also wave, uh, an explicit, yeah, unashamedly an explicit dishonoring slandering of another human being, Mm -hmm. much less someone that, that is in a role of leadership you're instructed to pray for and to respect. Uh, it, it, there's an issue if we can't see the. Uh, keen contradiction there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would kind of answer maybe the question backwards, where y- you start with the practical. I would start with the posture. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's it's really hard to grasp biblical authority and submission without grasping biblical sense of honor. Mm-hmm. Honor is something that's so deep and near and dear to the heart of God, and so true submission to me as a follower of Jesus, biblically speaking, true submission begins with honor in the heart. Mm-hmm. It, it, it begins with the revelation of how God, and that's what really, really what you're trying to do Sunday, mm-hmm. is how God views authority. Yeah. And I, I was telling somebody the other day, I, we stayed back like an hour or two after the circle, and we're even talking about in church, like spiritual authority, and talking about through all these scriptures about how Jesus e- even told people that he, he would say things like, he who receives a prophet in my name receives a prophet's reward. Yeah. And we talk about, the sense of honor that you give to people in mm-hmm. every arena of life will actually determine the quality of the rest of your life. Mm. And in one of the leaders I look up to a lot, he, he literally talks about, I know we're in the spiritual arena for a moment, mm-hmm. but he talks about friends he has with a deep anointing on their lives who will go to other countries and see the most unexplainable miracles happen, but then come back to America mm. where honor is low and esteem is low and pride is high, and there will be a couple headaches healed. <laughs> and he says, same man, same anointing, but he points to Jesus. There's, we, we don't think about it a lot, yeah, but in Scripture it says Jesus, in his own hometown, couldn't do many miracles mm. because he was familiar to them. They didn't have honor. He was familiar. familiar and, and, so, and so honor, the, the, the Greek word, is this weightiness, a, a weightiness of how children are supposed to esteem their parents, a weightiness of how you're supposed to. And, and there's something, I was going to wait till the end, but I just, we're going to hit a lot of topics, yeah. but a couple, we won't be able to hit all the answers. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things we've been doing through the series is, is suggesting some resources. Mm-hmm. And two books that changed my life a long time ago when it comes to honor and submission. Uh, one is by John Bevere called Undercover. Mm-hmm. I love the tagline, why your response to leadership determines your future. Mm. It's a good book. And then Honor's Reward, one. How to Attract God's bless, Favor and Blessing on Your Life. And then just from the political realm, not in yeah, it to win it, you mentioned this. Yeah. And then there's a, another one we'll, we'll mention later. But yeah, I think for me, I would start with posture. It's good. Uh, because 
if the posture of my heart's not right, then eventually I'm going to rebel or I may do it, but I won't be submitting. I'll just be complying. Yeah. And there's a difference. And of course that begs the question, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do when, what do you do if, but I, I want to get even more practical than what you, what you just said, which is, so, so how does that flesh out when you understand the weight of honor, the weight of submission? It, it, it means that you, I know this sounds so simple. We saw you don't slander other people. Yeah. You don't post things or repost things mm-hmm. or retweet things mm-hmm. or reshare things that have absolutely no agenda other than to demean the yeah. political party or the political candidate you don't like. Yeah. It means you don't start sentences stereotyping. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go back to week one, culture wars. All Republicans are like this. Yeah. All Democrats are like this. It means asking yourself deep questions. Um, the, the, the person, I mean, get in your mind right now, the, the, the political opponent that you mm-hmm. are the most frustrated at. Do you think of them as an enemy? Do you demean right. them? Do you share memes about them? Or do you first think of them as someone Jesus literally died for? Made in the image of God, like you mm-hmm. said, Imago Dei. And, and I, so I think for, for me, submission, that, that, that's what it means. It means it. the posture of my heart is honor, mm-hmm. and that's going to follow through with the actions. It's going to follow through with my tone. It's going to follow through with my words. It means I'm not going to be a poor witness by posting things mm-hmm. about people that Jesus died for. Mm-hmm of slandering people. It, it means that whether it's President Biden or former President Trump, I'm actually going to use the title before their name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to speak. It doesn't mean I can't discuss actions mm-hmm. that I disagree with. Right. We have every right, and we should discuss yes. actions yeah. that we disagree with. We should discuss policies that we disagree with. But I can talk about the actions uh, without dehumanizing the person. Right. So it's good. That's my two cents. No, I got And we could go into a, a, Yeah. I think we express, hopefully, the heart yeah. Uh, behind what does submission look like? And I know that there's more questions that kind of get yes. deeper into yes. the nuance. So I don't want to, I don't want to, because we could probably keep talking off that mm-hmm. forever, but yes. let's, let's move on. Okay. I like it. So, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> here's where, here's where we probably had eight or nine questions okay. surrounding this kind of thought. And you know what? I'll, I'll start with this one. Okay. What does it look like to submit to an authority figure who is against Christianity? Mm-hmm. How far do you submit Without losing your faith. Okay. What does it look like to submit to an authority that is against and, Christianity? And you know like what? How do, how, I wonder how we flesh that out here in America, mm-hmm. in our political system. Yeah. What is um, it? Yeah. There's so many, so many of these questions make me want to ask questions. I know. That's, <laughs> like, that's what do you mean against Christianity? That's what I mean. I, I don't, because because you could have someone for a diff, from a different party that maybe isn't mm-hmm. uh, isn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. If you are. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're against Christianity when they get in the office or they're enacting policies that are violating your Christian beliefs. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, so, how about this? Uh, maybe, maybe you can help finish the part where God gave humanity authority over earth in regards to today's service to submit to authorities we now face. I find in my heart, due to this, that it's a hard line to follow God with the ways of a man's choice of rules. Then when this affects your life in a negative way, how can we or why submit when it's causing you harm at the same time? I do believe he allows people to be in place for events to fall as written from spiritual experience. But basically, what a, what a lot of these questions are, what do you do if yeah. you have a bad leader yeah. and or that bad leader is asking you to do okay. something against your conscience or against yeah. scripture. Okay. So that I feel like I can answer way clearer than, you know, um, because again, I, when that last question you just read, I would want to ask the follow-up question, which is who's asked you to do something that's harmed you. Yes. That, 
like I have, mm -hmm. I live in this country and I'm a follower of Jesus and I can't think of something that someone's asked to do that's harmed me. <laughs> well, I, so, yeah, I can. Uh oh, no. <laughs> Okay. We'll, we'll get to get that jabbed? question later. Oh, okay. Yep. So, yep. okay. <laughs> Let's, uh, it did hurt when it happened. Um, so let me, but I think what you just said, I think is yeah. where, um, when is it okay to rebel? Oh, okay. Well, a, a bunch of questions regards that. Let yes. me, let me break that one okay. uh, into two parts. The first one you said, what do you do and how do you submit when the ruler or king mm -hmm. or the leader over you is evil? Mm -hmm. Um, I, first of all, I think that doesn't change anything. As I talked about on Sunday, um, that we are called to submit to the all authority. Mm -hmm. And here's the one thing that we have seen, and I use as examples, there were some wicked and evil kings and authority figures that God still used to accomplish his purpose. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that they did things that were great to people? I mean, they did awful things to Israelites as part of, you know, they mm -hmm. brought destruction, they did other things. And so, it, it, sadly, the whole idea that we have to deal with evil in this world which means we have to deal with evil rulers is really traced back to the sin in this world, mm -hmm. the greed, the aim for power and all, all the stuff that goes along with that. So I don't know. I don't, I guess, let me answer the first part and say, we're still called to submit, even if it is an, an evil ruler or king. Now, what if that evil king or ruler or president or governor or you know, mayor, you know what you just said is hard for a lot of people to swallow. Well, Okay, that's fine. I didn't come up with it. I didn't say I like it. I'm just telling you what Scripture seems to, to point to. Yeah. Now, I'll give the examples of what I think people really want to know, Yeah, which is what happens if they're asking you to do something or mandating something that violates your faith? Yes. That, I think, is, is different. This is where we nuance this out, yeah. okay? Um, there are all kinds of examples of script, in Scripture of people who, at times, mm -hmm. uh, they submitted, even if it meant their death. Mm-hmm. Um, there are examples of people who resisted mm -hmm. doing things that would cause them to violate their faith mm -hmm. in God. And so a couple of quick ones that come to my mind is one in the Old and New Testament. I think they even showed up in some of the questions because of the most obvious. Daniel. In the book of Daniel, which is, by the way, a time when the Babylonians had come and basically destroyed Judah and Jerusalem and taken um, back many of them captive. Uh, Daniel was one of them who was probably young, sharp, and the king loved to put them into his service. And so he would, they would go through a process. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So there's great examples in the book of Daniel. They had to live in a, in a foreign land mm -hmm. with a godless king. Nebuchadnezzar thought he, was the, thought he was God. So it was a perfect example. And let's be honest, America is not Babylon mm -hmm. for Daniel. We want to compare the two. Yeah. But we're not living enslaved in a place where there is a godless leader who puts up a 90-foot statue and says, you have to bow down and worship it. Yeah. Now, if we were in that kind so of place. So all the Christians that in 2020 were crying out that we're being persecuted, oh, you would say? No, I would say we don't know persecution if we're going to complain that wearing a mask is persecution. I didn't say that. Now I feel like people are just getting mad and they just <laughs> I shut say off. You up. And I, stop doing that. Why did you do that? <laughs> Sorry. Um, gosh, man, I would hate to go to some other countries and look at people who— like there are people in Iran who are sitting in, in, in jail because of their faith, mm -hmm. people all around that are sitting in prison and maybe for years mm -hmm. of their life or facing death sentences because right. of their faith in Jesus and go, man, I agree. Shoot, they made me wear a mask on the airplane. <laughs> it was one of the worst experiences of my life. And okay. they even yelled at me when it fell down below my nostrils. <laughs> okay. Well, so, before we lose all okay, of our Okay, sorry. We just me, lost so, all the ultra. Okay. But so, anyways, so Daniel, let me, let me just point out yes. Daniel real quick. I, 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 I digress. You started this. <laughs> I anyways. 
Um, and I hate wearing masks too. So, uh, okay. I, anyways, Daniel, in chapter one of Daniel, he was being asked and his friends to eat foods that they considered unacceptable. Mm-hmm. In other words, they weren't kosher. According to Jewish law. They weren't kosher. Jewish mm-hmm. law. And th- so what did Daniel do? It says that actually um, Daniel, he, he went and he asked permission to only eat vegetables and water. Mm-hmm. And he said, try us for 10 days. Because the, the chief of, of state who was required to do this, he literally said, if you guys don't do this, I will get my head cut off. Mm-hmm. He was following orders. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel said, look. And I love that he said, it said he asked for permission. Mm-hmm. He didn't just, oh, hunger strike, we're doing this. No, he went and asked. He said, look, yeah. 10 days, try this. If we don't look healthy, fine. Then we'll. Mm-hmm. And so, and after 10 days, boy, they look stronger and healthier than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And he's like, absolutely. So, so there was a civil way of addressing something mm-hmm. that violated their faith. He tried that first. Now you get to Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar sets up a 90-foot tall statue, most likely of himself, says when the music plays, you got to bow down and worship this. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no, that is a violation of their commandments, their Ten Commandments, the first of the Ten Commandments, second of the Ten Commandments, that he knew, they knew, I, there's only one God, and I, if I worship this false God, like that's what got us here, mm-hmm. <laughs> was because our nation yeah. started worshiping other gods. And in that regard, they refused to bow to this false image and this false God, mm-hmm. to the point where they were, gonna, they were gonna lose their lives for it. Yeah. And so to me, I even see a very clear example of scripture, and we see God protected them. Yes. And so to me, again, and then you go to Daniel chapter 6, and some guys who are trying to get Daniel come up and get the king to sign an edict that says for the next 30 days you can only pray to him. Yes. Like he's the only God. Again, what is this? This is all about a challenge of his faith and uh, who he's going to worship, who he's going to pray to. Daniel refused to. He gets thrown in the lion's den. God protects him. Mm-hmm. What I see clear in the Old Testament picture is this, that uh, wherever they could submit to the authority, they did. If it would cause them to violate their faith, this is where, that's where a crossroads comes. Mm-hmm. And they basically say, I am going to refuse to follow an order that's going to cost me or it's going to call me to violate one of God's laws. Yes. I would, this is, and I would hold this value today. And, mm-hmm. and here's what's funny. We are so idealistic and we have all these great questions that come in. Though none of us, let's be honest, have actually been put in this position yet. Okay, people so, would disagree with you on that. Okay. Pe- people would disagree with you on that. We won't get there yet. Okay. People would disagree with you on okay. that. Because to the, lev- can- to the level that it causes you to violate your faith. People okay. disagree with you okay. on that. Okay, and we'll, we'll get to that. Then. Okay. Uh, we'll get to that. But I, I w- and then a New Testament example, I would say, is Peter and John when they went before the Sanhedrin in Acts mm-hmm. chapter 4. And they were basically told, don't ever talk about Jesus again. And they were like, wait. No, who are you to, like, you, we are going, not going to disobey God mm-hmm. in order to obey your order. Right. And so I would say if there's an order that comes from an authority figure, that clearly causes you, and I say clearly, and I would maybe go so far as to say biblically, mm-hmm. causes you to violate your faith, mm-hmm. then I would choose to uh, honor God over the king, the governor, the whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the one place that I see, at least in Scripture, that you see even God step in and yeah. intervene for people. But you also see, you also see mm-hmm. in Hebrews chapter 11, that there were a lot of people with, for faith in God where God did not step in, mm-hmm. and they were martyred. Well, and Jesus told half you know, one of his churches in Revelation, stay true to the end, and you're going to be martyred. So, 
So we can't think for a moment that our civil disobedience to man's laws that where, and again, this is a one place that I see, and maybe there's others, I don't know that I'm thinking of, maybe you can think of other ones, where there's a caveat where I would say, to, if, if man's laws causes you to disobey God's rule, God's mm -hmm. law, mm -hmm. that's where I would say, I'm going to honor God and what he has called me to do biblically yeah. over what man has done. And again, that's not a preference. That's yeah. an, I don't like this. This is an inconvenience. This is I'm being asked to do something that violates my faith. Yeah. Worship a different God. Mm -hmm. Pray to a different God. Can't worship my God. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can't pray to my God or I'm mm -hmm. going to be arrested. And I would hope, hope and pray. And if our, if the world ever gets to that point here in America where to be a pastor and to have to, if, the, if they ever come and say that you cannot say these things, that maybe scripture says, this is truth. You cannot hold this value. Mm -hmm. You cannot. I would hope that I have the boldness and the confidence to reject that and say, no, I'm going to. Yep. Even if that means getting thrown in prison. Yeah. Even if that means not being, you know what I mean? Yep. So, so it's, it's mm -hmm. again, I, I want to nuance. I think that and I don't know if you got any thoughts, but to me, there is that is a yeah. caveat I see in Scripture. Yeah, I'll go quick because um, we got some spicy ones to get to. Okay, uh, I, I completely agree. I, I think I've told you before one of the ways that I love that John Bevere phrases it, and I love the specificity of this because you know you mentioned preference and conviction. I think a lot of times, in my view. Christians will lump in cultural hot button issues into yep. quote unquote that violates my faith. Yeah. In my opinion, a little bit of a loophole. Yeah. And so I think we need to be aware of slippery slopes where we lump our conviction our preferences and at times even convictions into what, what scripture, scripture actually says. Does. So the way John Bevere words it is you obey unless you are asked to do something that directly contradicts the written word of God. The written word the of written God. God. So I personally, I know not everything's black and white, and there, and all of us will get into issues. Like you said, we're in the real world, yeah. And there's going to be issues where even that is like, okay, what does that look like? Yeah. And I do think think that's where God extends uh, liberty of conscience. Yeah. And and we can get into all that, but I I think so. I would say my, I guess, concise reply would be yes. Uh, you obey even if or until it. Directly Riley. contradicts the written word of God. Yeah. But number two, and this is kind of what I think you were pulling out, even when you do this, this is the part I want to tease out just for a minute, mm -hmm. you can still do it with honor. Yeah. So Daniel, you brought him out. And another book I think I recommended last time, but I just want to give it another shout out again, is Chris Hodge's book, The Daniel Dilemma. Yeah. The tagline is how to stand firm and love well in a culture of compromise. Mm -hmm. But he talks about Daniel was sought in light in a really dark kingdom yeah. while he was a slave. And the moment they asked him to do something that would violate the written word of God, he didn't say, you're not going to tell me what to do. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm no. going to post on Facebook that you're trying to take away my... No, he literally was more concerned while he was absolutely going to hold true to his integrity mm. and to the word of God. He was just as concerned that he knew God put him there to be salt and light. Yeah. Not to fight with culture, but to fight for culture. And so he found a, he, he prayed, he said, God, give me wisdom. And then he found a winsome way to say, Hey, what if I do this? Because God, it, Daniel was more concerned with actually the people around him that didn't have the hope of God seeing God mm -hmm. than he was with winning an argument with him. Yeah. And so he found a way to shine in the middle of a dark world by his approach. And then I see, you see this over and over again. 
you see, is it later on in Daniel? Well, when they, is, is it Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? One of the things is when they ask him to kneel down and to bow to the king, obviously he refuses because that would contradict the written word of God. But go back later and read his words. He goes, oh, king, yep. your majesty. Mm-hmm. I could not do that. Mm-hmm. I could not dishonor. So you see, even when he is not complying with an evil dictate, he is soaked with honor. Yeah. You, you see this with Paul. Remember, Paul is standing before a, a judge and a jury, and literally somebody comes and, and, and is speaking ill of Jesus and slaps him across the cheek. And Paul, who's a little bit bold and sassy, yeah. calls him a name, basically. Yeah. And someone says, hey, don't you know that's the high priest? He was like, oh. Now, obviously, this is not a good high priest. No. But you remember Paul's words? He says, oh, oh then I I'm so sorry. He, says, he said, it is written, do not speak evil of a ruler. And then, one last example, David. He's he literally has been anointed king. Yeah. Saul's chasing him all over. You talk yeah. about an evil ruler trying to kill trying to him kill for him 19 years. For nothing. And, and chase him around. And then there's a moment where um, Saul comes around to kill him. David has him in his sights. All his men are like, here's your chance. And, mm. and, 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 and it would have looked like to anybody else looking in, man, God has finally set up your enemy for the crush, for the kill. But David, to prove his innocence, cuts off a piece of his robe, climbs up to a hill, and says, hey, Saul, I wanted to let you know that I could have killed you, but today I wanted to. It basically just says, there's nothing in me that wants to kill you. I don't know why you're trying to kill me. But the Bible says, this is crazy, that David was so conscience-stricken by even cutting yeah. off his robe he that he was grieved. Yeah. I'm just saying, there is, there is <laughs> a value of honor. I told my friend the other night, I said, you know what you feel when you watch movies like The Last Samurai? Yeah. You see the last segments of honor that have all but dissipated yeah. in Western society. Yeah. And so I say that because even when... Someone asks you to do something that directly contradicts the word of God, and you say no. You still are called mm. to do it with honor. Yeah. You still are called That's to do it. That's a great example, by the way, of David Yeah, and Saul. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I think this here's the really hard part about this, and I understand this because I think we have, we in our country, we have experienced freedom for so, so long, freedom. and it's awesome, mm-hmm. that has led us to hold these convictions around them and say that if this per, if this group was ever in charge if this ever I would revolt I would this and what I'm saying is that you do not find that attitude in scripture no no and I think that's the that's the real challenge is we're trying to address and say what does scripture lead us to believe not what is my uh what is my American you know, conviction lead mm-hmm. me to believe, yeah. and that's and that's a that's the rub that we have in this. It that's, is. I don't. I don't think that these questions are coming in from people who are all wanting to cause riots or resist or you know the mm-hmm. government and all that. But I do think we have got to wrestle with in our in, internally. Yes, we all have to personally wrestle with what does Scripture teach us? What's God's heart consistently from old and new? Yes. And we just gave a lot of examples, right, of old and New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how does that conflict yeah. with my, my political view yeah. and oh, I won't let them and you'll never come take this. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's, a, that's, it, a, that's a hard one. It, to, it really is. And, and, and only all of us as individuals can ask this question yeah. and be honest about it. Yeah. Is my first lens, whenever I hear something that a politician does or I see something that happens, is my first lens an American lens or a biblical lens? Yeah. Is my first lens a political lens? Or, or a spiritual lens. Yeah. Only I can answer that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, okay, let's That's move good. on. Let's move on. So, so kind of tagging along okay. with a lot of those kind of questions, yeah. and we've sort of avoided it, but let's just dive right into it, is how this goes down to not just disobedience at a general level, but what does this look like in 
in a country that was born out of <laughs> resistance, <laughs> the resistance and rebellion and disobedience. And there's, there's a lot of questions. I'll read a few. Let, okay. let, me, let me start with this one, just as kind of like a, a starting place. Okay. This person emailed in and said, at what point are we not to submit to authority? So we, we kind of already talked about that. Certainly when we are mandated to defy our Christian faith, mm-hmm. Daniel did that. Acts 5.29 is another example. We, mm-hmm. we've, we've touched on yeah. those. And, and, but then he, this person follows up, and this is, I think, what we've gotten a lot of, is if rebellion is never justified, our country would not exist. Mm-hmm. And then, this one may take a little bit to unwrap, then they followed up and said, here are a few more, quote-unquote, gray areas where I will not comply with the government. This person is saying straight up, I will not comply. Number one, vaccine mandates. Number two, surrendering guns. Number three, public meetings with other Christians. So let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. What we're talking about civil disobedience, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know one of the questions you've gotten a lot in person, and we've got a lot in email and text, is we live in a country. Yeah, we would argue. Um, and we really do love our country. I yeah. mean, me and you both feel like this experiment called democracy is one of the greatest mm-hmm. things that has ever happened in human history, and we both love our country. But this country was founded in a rebellion. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Um. So I think, and, and I'd seen a couple of the questions. You got it. You get it, most of them, compile them, and have sent me. So I've kind of looked through some of them. You know, I, I, some of the. I think maybe you can even point out there was. I think a question that was like, "Where would America be if we did not?" Yes. Here. Well, here. Yeah. Um, what, which, which is a great question. Yeah. If we were not here, here's the text question. If we were not supposed to rise up against authority. Then what would have happened if our forefathers had never risen up against England and fought for our independence well, in this country, where we now have freedom to worship however we choose? Are there not times when God calls us people? Well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, first and foremost, I mean, if uh, if, if we didn't, we would be speaking with a British accent right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's at least well levity. Uh, we would be speaking with a British accent. Yeah. We, we you know. Um, I, I, we can't go back and speak for our forefathers. Again, one of the things that mm-hmm. I, I go back and look at, and this is, a, again, we didn't live um, you know, hundreds right. of years ago during all of this. And I think, to me, when it goes back to this, one of the primary reasons mm-hmm. that Americans revolted against England had a lot to do with worship. Hmm. Being told how... You had to worship the Church of England, wanting the freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could potentially, you know, I'm not saying that I would say it's justified, but make the argument, does that fall into that caveat of being told how to worship or in a way that maybe violates what I feel is like the biblical call to worship, mm-hmm. um, potentially. But but we could go back throughout history and recognize that movements and governments and things and redrawing maps and lines have happened for a really long time. And I don't know that there's, um, I don't know that we could simply go back and look at all of these these governments move it and apply our Christian morals and values from scripture to them and go, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. You right. That'd be like looking at, at England and going, Hey, you shouldn't have colonized all of these places. Yeah. It probably shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but definitely it, but it has yeah. definitely shouldn't have. Okay. I guess not probably it shouldn't have yeah. go basically went around the world and went, we're bigger and stronger and we're just going to take what we want from you and right. we'll make you a state, a part of the state. Right. Um, you know, you, we can go back and, and talk about that in politics all day long yeah. in alignment with scripture, but a lot of people throughout history have been done, done a lot of things and they're not looking to the Bible as a source of what should we do. Yeah. So I don't want to go back and kind of revisit what would have happened if they had never done that. I don't know. We might not be having this conversation right now. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. grateful that we get to have this conversation. And so th this comes to the, the, this conundrum of mm -hmm. how do we come about to civil disobedience? Um, or this isn't even civil disobedience. I guess this question's almost like, what about the rebellion of, of America? So I, I was, had a conversation with a guy and I don't know if one of the questions came from him, but we had a, an interesting, you know, fun 10 minute conversation <laughs> after, you know, church on Sunday, you know, and, and he made some points that I guess I would um, personally disagree with in the way he viewed America. Hmm. Um, and he loves America. I love America. So that's not what the, it was about. It was uh, thoughts of it. We see God's divine hand on America. Mm -hmm divine protection, divine mm -hmm. blessing on America through the revolution. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would necessarily agree that we see God's divine hand on the revolution. Um, I, I, I mean, you can say, hey, we won, but I would hate to, I would hate to put the banner over every military victory and loss and go the winner had god's help yeah because yeah. i can think of a whole yeah. lot of really bad wars i can think about the crusades yeah. where they did try to say that we have god's divine help and mm -hmm. if you do not convert we are going to kill you yeah that i think most of us will look back in shame and go this was part of the heritage of what the christian church did back in the you know yeah. dark ages so so to me i do not feel good by just saying well we won Mm -hmm. So God must have been in on it. Well, I think, I think the argument would more be, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, if you have a, I, I, I'm just yeah. trying to flesh out questions of this. Am I grateful? Yeah. I'm grateful for, for, for the freedoms that we have here. Um, does God allow, um, God, I mean, God has given authority. That was one of the questions over to mankind. We see that mankind had given authority in this mm -hmm. spiritual realm over to the, to the devil. Mm -hmm. I mean, that shows up in scripture. We see all kinds of people fighting for power. We see one kingdom coming up and defeating one other kingdom, another kingdom coming up, another kingdom. It just goes on and on and on through history. We see it in biblical times, on and on and on through history. And, and I think I, I, I'm, I'm going to tentatively say I don't want to put God's stamp or seal of approval yeah. on any nation that does something because they won. Yeah. Is that yeah. too simplistic though? It's, I, it's not, but I, I, I don't think so. But I think, I think people's pushback would be, <laughs> I, th I, th I think people would push into that and say, uh, but we wouldn't be having this if America didn't rebel. According to you, we yeah. should never rebel. So should they have not rebelled? I think it's a great question. <laughs> Um, I also, th again, I and think I, this is going to go back to a little bit of, mm -hmm. you know, first of all, America was not a nation rebelling. Mm -hmm. It was a group of people. It was yeah. settlements. It was, uh, you know, militia that was kind of banded together to protect kind of mm -hmm. the way they had. And, you know, and from, again, even more colonization or however you want to look at that. And so um, I, I think that's a really hard question to answer without having lived through that period yep. in that time. And I mean, mm -hmm. I can, we can go back and I've read a lot of history and I understand that. Um, and I think this is where, you know, the challenge comes to trying to understand, does our rebellion violate scripture mm -hmm. or what I'm called to do? Mm -hmm. um, here's the other thing. We talk from a biblical perspective because we are identifying ourselves as Christ followers. Right. 
most, and I know back then everybody was Christian, quote unquote, but no, they weren't. I, I, yeah, okay, good point. I mean, and so I think what we're you're we're asking is mm-hmm. for us to apply our biblical perspective and biblical morals and values on these uh, on these like historical events that took mm-hmm. place. That I don't, okay, yeah, there were people in there that they believed in God and they did this, but I don't think they were necessarily Christ followers living to look like Christ in that time. Maybe I think people would push back though and still say, because I, I think the reason it matters is a lot of people, I don't think everybody, but I think a lot of people may ask this question mm-hmm. to see if it validates uh, that level and spirit of rebellion now. I mean, I have friends that mm-hmm. when the Capitol riot took place said, well, if our forefathers were here, they would have been there mm-hmm. because our country started this way. Well, and, so should we not? And our forefathers might have been there. Yeah. My claim, I, and I had nothing to do political that I said on Sundays, sure. should a Christ follower have been there? Yeah. I think like <laughs> it, it, it's, that's, and that's the difficult yeah. part. It's really tricky. It's never clean to process history. No. We either over cancel. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you hate cancel culture, mm-hmm. we, we tend to either over cancel mm-hmm. or we over validate. Mm-hmm. And I think God, even though he gives us clear morals and he gives us his word, I think God deals with reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a whole other sub conversation of this could be war. Do mm-hmm. I think it's God's will for us to kill other human beings? Of course not. And, and, but am I a complete pacifist who thinks we shouldn't stand up to the Hitlers of the world? I'm no, not. No. I, I think, and it gets, that, that's where I do think it gets sticky at times. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think God deals with the real world. What I also think is, you know, it's interesting. This morning I was reading, and, and I got across one of the Psalms where David prayed for his enemies. And you know what he prayed? He said, God, just heap coals of fire <laughs> on them and, and destroy them. And, and you know, and, but... And, I, and I'm somebody who actually believes 2 Timothy 3.16, that all Scripture is, mm-hmm. is breathed and inspired by God. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think is really important for people to learn as they begin to say Scripture is that just because something is descriptive in Scripture doesn't mean it's prescriptive. Right. The reason in the inspired Word of God that David's prayer in there is not because it's right, but because it's honest. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's honest about what he's feeling, but it's right. not prescriptive. Right. I say that because if even in the Word of God, not everything we read, there are people that are in Scripture who do things they shouldn't have done right. that are horrible. Absolutely. And if everything in Scripture is not prescriptive, then not everything in history of humanity is prescriptive. Sure. We've got to look back and say, from an honest perspective, this may be, may be not neat and clean. Maybe right. this should have happened. Maybe this should have happened, but differently. Maybe this shouldn't have happened. But where it gets really tricky, and I get this, is kind of, I feel like maybe this is the pinch of the nerve of some people, is somehow, whether this should or shouldn't have happened, in a way, and maybe you would say God, maybe you would just say fate or whatever, it's turned out in a lot of ways good. Yeah. But that's the mess of human history. Right. You could go back through colonization, which is bad, right. and find some good that's come out of it. Right. Does the means I, justify the end? It does. It doesn't mean that, and I, and that's and that's not me also saying they shouldn't have done it. I, I I actually acknowledge the complexity of that. Yeah. But here's what I would say, because I when I I'm, I'm reading these questions and I'm trying to read them charitably. Yeah. And I try not to read into it motive, but when I read questions, I also try to read into and beyond the words to what's the underpinning that's asking this. And that's the challenge, I think, with these questions. That's the challenge. So I I, kind of hit this, but I want to say this again. I I think, 
and this is not the practical answer that some people are asking, but I think if you're listening and you're a follower of Jesus, these are the kind of questions we're trying to ask. Yeah. Um, and it's this, if I'm a follower of Jesus, do I first start with scripture as primary or with America's primary? In other words, um, do, when, when, when I think about the American Revolution and us overthrowing the British, do I first think with that as the great, given, amazing, yes thing in mind? Mm-hmm. And if scripture challenges it, me be offended? Or do I start with scripture as the given and then bring that to bear? Which, mm-hmm. which one of those um, is my primary filter? Yeah. This is really tough to discern. Is, is my primary filter political or spiritual? Mm. It, do, I, do I think with an eternal lens or an American lens? Do I think with a Western lens? And then here, here's, here's the second thing. Um, and this is worth, this is worth considering. Again, wh- whether, whatever, whatever, I'm not going to give, uh, here, here's one thing I just don't think I can give a black and white answer on. But whether or not you think the American Re- Revolution happened the way it should have happened or not, here's something possibly to consider on the flip side of that. Is it possible that because America began in rebellion, yeah. that's one of the reasons we, are, we as are, Americans are struggle so much with a spirit of rebellion, so much of a, no one's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. No one's going to take away my, and, I'm, and I was reading, I, I pulled this verse, 1 Samuel 15, 23, says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's a big mm. deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. And all of us have rebellion in our heart to an extent. Yeah. But I, I also think there's different cultures that have different things in the soil. And I actually think America... Um, in, in a fallen secular world, has some incredible things in the soil. I actually think there is a Judeo-Christian framework under, I don't think we're a Christian nation, no. but I do think there's some Judeo-Christian framework. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. was quoting the Constitution of the endowed, unalienable rights endowed by a creator. Mm-hmm. There, there's things in the soil of our country that I actually think are beautiful yeah. and that have actually created a lot of freedom and have actually created a lot of opportunity and have created a lot of blessing. I actually do believe that. I think there are some incredible principles in the soil of America that have uh, created an incredible and prosperous future. I also think it's not a divine nation. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, I feel like almost blasphemy mm-hmm. to say, but constitution is not just two pegs under scripture. <laughs> and, and, and I think depending on the subcultures we're from, we conflate the two. Yeah. And I say that to say as much as I love our nation, I think there's great things in the soil of our nation. Is it possible in a fallen world, there's also some bad seeds in the soil of our nation. And could one of those seeds be pride and rebellion? And could, I mean, you've heard people say this before, but it's worth thinking about. I'm so, I'm so thankful for democracy. Um, and democracy on earth, since people are so fallen and, and we need checks and balances, I think it's the greatest system of government for earth. But if you have a perfect king like Jesus, guess yeah. what? You don't get a democracy. You get a kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I do think at times we as Christians in America who've been so democratized in our yeah. mindset struggle with kingdom principles. Yeah. So I, I, we we, we've got to think through yeah. these things, and yeah, yeah, I, those are great points. Um, just to add to that, and then we can kind of move on or address the other half of that question. And I know yeah. there's other questions yes. that we want to get to. Um, I, I, I think there's a great tension here, and what the reason why I think there's so many questions is because that tension exists in us. Yeah. And I think you highlighted this tension and where it comes from. This is great. You know, there's really good things that happened hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. There are also, we could argue, some really <laughs> bad things, as you said. I mean, you talk about some seeds in the soil. Slavery was one of those seeds that were in the soil. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's one th- I don't want to glorify yes. um, uh, because we have freedom now, the, the, you know, everything that happened yeah. hundreds of years ago. And so I. I That's so good because yeah, there's a lot of people that would not say they have freedom. Right. And there were people who. Until just recently. There were people who fought for great things. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we, 
again, had slaves. And so, you, you know, the statement that was brought up in our conversation was, well, I've heard this over and over, that America's great because it was good. Mm. And I said, well, I said, America's done a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. As a whole, we've been a very generous nation. We've gone to serve other nations internationally. We've gone to fight, help other nations who are under tyranny. We've done other things. We've gotten into world wars and gone to fight and fight Hitler. Okay, all those things, right? Yeah. We've also got our share of bad things. Mm-hmm. And so let's not let's not just declare that like America is some kind of like holy or divine nation mm-hmm. because we have all these freedoms. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's a, a great point. I just. I think the real challenge, and the reason why this causes a real rub, mm-hmm. this is I want to make this point. If you are a Christ follower, the challenge is, and I'm going to say if you're an American and you're a Christ mm-hmm. follower, the challenge is you have dual citizenship. Mm. Yeah. When I was over in Germany uh, for three years, um, even then, I, through the military base, knew a lot of people had dual citizen, actual dual citizenship. Their mom married a military, vice versa, had kids that were over there. And so that, you know, it's like, okay, they have a German citizenship and a U.S. citizenship. You can actually have dual citizenships here on earth. Um, We have dual citizenship as a follower of Jesus. We have a citizenship that we are born into and we have a constitution that gives us rights according to the 14th Amendment, because we're born into it, naturalized citizens or even ones that come in. And you, you, so we have certain rights as a citizen of America. We also have rights and citizenship in heaven. Yeah. In an eternal reality that is yeah. not one day, but is also existent here. Yes. And because of that, listen, I, I've known this, because of some of the Judeo-Christian framework that mm-hmm. has existed in our, our nation's past, and yes, I agree with you. I mean, you can look at the Constitution, you'll see some of it. Because of that, I think it's been relatively easy to this point to hold both citizenships without having any real tension. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. It's not too bad. Uh, okay, as long as we kind of maintain these ideals, I think it's been mm. relatively easy. Mm. I think what we're finding now is that even the direction maybe our nation's going, as some people may not like and others may, is that it could get to a point where we're going to be at a crossroads at some point and you're going to have to make a really hard decision. Mm-hmm. Which citizenship takes priority? Kind of goes back to what you were saying. Do you look first through an American lens or biblical lens? Are you, is an American, this is my rights as an American, or this is what I'm called to do as a Christ follower? And I think that we we could, in my lifetime, come to an actual, I don't know that we are, some people would claim we are, that's fine. Whatever it looks like for you, you come to a crossroads when it comes to those two different citizenships, the real question is which one are you going to honor? Which one matters the most? Yes. And I think this is the point I was making about the Capitol attack on January 6th. I wasn't arguing, should there not be patriots who were there doing it? My personal view is, no, I don't think, because I think that we have peaceful transfer of power and all the reasons for it. I mean, when you have the vice president who is willing to stamp on what's going on there, and I mean, again... I, there's so many conspiracy theories and debates. And William Barr coming back later saying there's no evidence. You, know, you, got all the, you know how many people in Donald Trump's cabinet who completely disagree with what you know with his story that it was stolen. Again, I, I don't want to get into that because again, there's so much yeah. conspiracy theory. That's not my point. My point, my point is at some point, if you are Christ, now if you're not a Christ follower, you see, here's the thing: if you have zero tension in you mm-hmm. over these conversations of politics. That would probably lead me to believe that Christ is not king. Hmm. 
I don't mean to say that, and I'm not trying to be judgmental or cast anything. I'm just saying, if you only have an American value that is this high, and you yeah. don't hold biblical yeah. Uh, uh, you don't hold what's what's in Bi in the Bible or Jesus and what He calls us to mm -hmm. do, whether it comes to our enemies or mm -hmm. other things, and it's not it's like not even going to come. Then I would just I'm going to say I don't care if you say well I believe in Him. I'm just say Jesus is not King. Yeah. And so you're going to come to and there was just one verse that I wanted to share. I was going to use it Sunday. You saw it in my notes. And I cut mm -hmm. it because of time. And I wasn't going to fit it in. It probably makes sense. It should have been. But this conversation, Paul said this in Philippians 1:27. You can go look this up on your own. Above all. That those two words I made bold. Hmm. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, hmm. conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, this is Paul talking to the church, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together <gasps> for our freedom. No, fighting together for the faith, which yeah. is the good news. And so to mm -hmm. me, that call, it, is that challenging and convicting when mm -hmm. I have, and I love my country and I have a bunch of American like ideals in me and I'm like, you want to take these rights away, you want to do this, then come on, let's go. We'll just band together and we'll fight back against our government. And, and, and yet, I, again, this is only for Christ followers. If you have a dual citizenship, you're going to come to a crossroads. And I think everybody in our conscience and what that looks like in our relationship might look different, what that line is. Mm -hmm. But when Paul says this, above all, I wonder if he means above your American citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. Live, uh, you must live as citizens of heaven. Yeah. And what you get, the New Testament ethic mm -hmm. of what it looks like. Go back and read Jesus's life and his teachings. You want to know a New Testament ethic that it was love your enemy. Yeah. It was walk two miles if someone yeah. forces you to go one. That does not line up with yeah. the rebellion, mm -hmm. rebellious type nature of going, you're not going to tell me what to do because I'm free. Yeah, it that's hard. It, it really, it is hard, but it really goes back to what is your main mission in life? Yeah. What is your main mission? Because I, I, what you just said is, is right on because I, I had a conversation with a friend, um, again, down south, and, and he just, he, I, I said, at times you have to choose. Yeah. What are you going to fight for most? And he says, well, why do you have to choose? I said, you don't always <laughs> But you can tell the choice because, uh, I mean, even on small things, culture wars, you can tell the choice of what your mission is. Are you posting to make a point or are you posting to make a difference? If your mission's people, yeah. you're, you're, everything you do is going to be with people in mind. It goes back to that quote, Jesus didn't die for America, he died for Americans. Mm -hmm. And your mission is going, going to play out in the fruit of how you respond to these things. And this is why I think this is so important. Yeah, that's the book you should read. It's so good. Well, um, I, just, I was just going to say, adding to that, the statement and Andy Stanley makes in this, and just because that's where we got yeah. that, that idea, that quote, this is where I think the rub of the two citizenships really happen, which is that even, even the way you said it, is your goal to save America or is it to save Americans? Yeah. See, the, the citizenship of America and how you, the ideals that you hold then you're going to go, my goal is to save America. And that's what a lot of, that's where we are. A lot of people right now don't like where the direction of our country is. the culture headed. wars. And so the culture wars, they go, I've got to save America. Mm -hmm. If you're a follower of Jesus, then the real challenge is, are you called to save America? Are you called to save Americans? Yep. And that is what Paul says in Philippians 1.27 yep. is about the good news Here, Here's why so, I think this is so tough, though. You know, you made a statement we've been talking. I, I can't remember if I said this last week or not. And we're not going to get through half our questions. But oh, we got to. We have to. <laughs> we're going to we try to. But, we gotta go, but, but, we'll keep moving. But this is so important. This is why, um, you know, we've talked about one of the things that has shocked us just in the two weeks we've done this. Mm -hmm. We knew there's going to be a, 
there'd be tension, but we, we, we obviously weighed what we thought would be the benefits of it. But one of the unintended benefits is how much, use a very churchy word, how much of a discipleship or formation tool this is. Uh, because it's te- it's reframing all of us, myself included, is reframing how we think. Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned was all of us are being formed by something. Mm-hmm. And so, but he- here's why I think it's tricky. A lot of people that have been in church for a while, when they hear that, they're like, no, that's so true. Because there's a lot of people that are brand new to Jesus or brand new to church or don't know Jesus that have been formed more by the world's ethics than scriptural ethics. So when you come to the ethics of sexuality, of morality, there, were, there are a lot of people, even that are brand new to our church, that would admit, yes, I have been unknowingly more formed by the culture than by Scripture. But I think equally, there's another group of people in our church and churches across America that are also being discipled by these kind of conversations. And it's on the other end. It's those of us that have maybe been around Christian quasi-cultures, cultures that are semi-Christian, <laughs> but in bed and mixed up with politics mm-hmm. and as subcultures where a lot of it's conflated and yeah. blurred together. I'm just going to say it, a God guns America type culture, which mm-hmm. nothing against any of those things, mm-hmm. but it's where quasi Christian ethics are blended with political and culture wars. And it's a subculture that has formed me more than I realize. Yeah. And I think that one is more subtle to detect Mm-hmm. And and but just as if not more dangerous, yeah. and I think that's the rub in all of these weeks is people on both sides, those of us that have been formed by culture and those of us that have been formed by kind of Christian, political, yeah. really nationalistic subcultures, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to take that lens off when it's mixed yeah. with a lot of good things. Yeah, it's a good point, and I, I just think it's really really well, tough. It's a good point. I think one of the ways you know which one is winning out is what you give your time to. It's what you give your time to. Right? So I'm just saying, do you give your time to Mm -hmm. constantly consuming media Mm -hmm. from your echo chamber, social media, videos, reading on these things, blogs, you're on there typing on, man, if I were, I would, we need to, we need to rally you to, or are you spending your time reading scripture and all that? Because if whichever one you spend your, Mm -hmm. your time invested in is the one that's going to actually probably Mm -hmm. It's going to end up be the one that's going to rise to the top. Yep. And so those, I think, uh, I think, great and, and point. Let me throw one last fruit. Here's okay. how. Here's how you know. Um, in my view, regardless of where you land on how you mm-hmm. civilly disobey or or whatever, and where you land on all that, if you are a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. faith should be your default language, and love your default spirit. And I just think if I, I, I can know I'm in an echo chamber mm-hmm. and I can know I'm being discipled by a conservative or liberal subculture, mm-hmm. if I am getting swept up in outrage culture, I'm getting swept up in fear, I'm getting swept up in hysteria, yeah. I, 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 I am attacking the other side because I'm in hypervigilance mode of, oh my gosh, my, this country, oh my God. I can know, know the follower of Jesus because they have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of them and because they know how this thing ends and because mm-hmm. they know where the power really is and they know how to fight actual spiritual warfare that person is going to have faith in their language yeah. and their response is going to have love in their spirit. Mm. And so here's how you, here's a great test for me and how I'm responding to any cultural thing is my default language and words, faith, mm-hmm. or is it cynicism, skepticism, hate critique? And, and is my response to people I disagree with on any side of the aisle? Is yeah. it love? It's good. I think it's good. Let's go. Okay. But let's, uh, here's the rest of this question. 
We got to go quickly because we we, quick. there's a few of them that we. Okay, I mean, but so, we've tried to answer yes. collectively. I think all the questions in some of our answers. Yes, but so, but here was, part, was here's part two of, the, of his question. Here he said, "Here's the gray areas. I will not comply with government vaccine mandates, surrendering guns, public meetings with other Christians." Yeah, um, I will. I will. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt, but I, I'm just going to say my personal perspective on those two out of those three are not biblical. Yeah. I can make an argument potentially for the third one that, um, and, I, and maybe the public isn't the word for it. I mean, you look, and there was someone asked a question. You look at, the, the Scripture calls us not to forsake the meeting together, Hebrews 10.25, mm-hmm. right? There, there's an element where the early church figured out a way yeah. to meet together um, to pray, mm-hmm. to worship. They, they literally, I mean, one of the uh, first century writers, and I don't know if it's uh, Plinus or it was uh, Tacitus. I can't remember which one, but like one of them was one of them. Actually, one of the Roman um, leaders was forced to basically go and and um, arrest Christians, and basically said, wrote back to the to the higher power and said, "Okay, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, but there's this group of Christians that kind of meet together, and they uh, get up early before it's dark while it's yes. still dark. Why? Because they probably didn't want to be seen. Uh, they come together and they sing psalms." Mm-hmm. and they uh, read those scriptures, mm-hmm. whatever that is, and they commit themselves to fidelity mm-hmm. in marriage, <laughs> loving people and serving people. Mm-hmm. So they basically would come together and they would go, we're committed to living this way, the way mm-hmm. Jesus, the way of Jesus, yeah. right? And so because of that, that's what they did. They, um, um, th- th- this one person was like, am I supposed to arrest people for this? You know, and they did. And so you can look at China, the underground church, where it was outlawed to be able to meet together maybe as a, in the church underground. I think that it could be, to me, what I'm saying is only one out of those three mm-hmm. could I make a biblical argument with my conscience and maybe the biblical argument of saying this is one area where I would resist. Mm-hmm. Where I, where I would resist because it would cause me to violate my faith and what it what that means. I Only agree. one of those three. Yeah, I agree. Can I asterisk that though? Sure. I, I don't feel like that was the case in 2020, and that's where a lot. Oh of the, no, the I don't was. either. In, in, in 2020, um, because th- that was a lot of the talking point. Yeah, and that's why I just want to say that. Yeah, and and I think there was a lot of pressure. We just need to stand up for our. It's like no, we have a chance to be a witness. Yeah, and, and, to, and to and to be a good neighbor and to reach people. And by the way, people were still going to meet together in homes, and. By the way, people like Martin Luther, who were courageous and got martyred when the Black Plague hit, stayed home to love his neighbor. You can have courage and wisdom at the same time. And by the way, we weren't um, handpicked, isolated out. It was was, was all businesses. It was was businesses. It was uh, entertainment events. It was things like that. that They were asked not to gather. And, And our governor asked churches, even though based on the laws and the things did not mandate but ask churches so this is where in the spirit of honor and respect for our leader that mm-hmm. we were talking about yeah. that we said hey we're going to honor that yeah and trust me we know because i heard about yeah. it it's like when are we going to stand up and not bow to fear it wasn't fear no we didn't it, respond it, out it, of fear it, we it, responded it, out of trying to love our neighbor and realize that people around us that don't know jesus were afraid and we're actually yeah. saying why in the world would you guys meet together yeah we're not going to concerts we're not doing this right why would you guys come meet together and then cause the spread that's going to affect my kids gonna affect whatever yeah and i'm worried about my grandma you know it's, it's so hard to even go back to those moments yeah, but, it, it, but like, it goes but, back to mission it goes back to mission it, 
if if the goal in, in a society where Christians are already seen as anti-science, yeah. and people are already wary of Christians, and yeah. people are already looking for ways to throw stones, yeah. it wasn't a moment to quote unquote fight for my rights. It was a it was a time to serve our country. Yeah. And what's crazy is the church grew like never before, mm-hmm. and gave like never before, and mm-hmm. was a witness like never before. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so we go through all that. <sighs> There's so much. And, and you know, and, and people brought up some good points about when it comes to civil disobedience, like Rosa Parks, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. And I think you would probably say in sixty seconds or less that uh, the way that they conducted themselves, yeah, and the ways that they led a revolution <clears throat> were honorable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's when I go back and I look at Martin Luther King Jr. First of all, um. He, he really did engage in the process that was given, yeah. which is a, a peaceful, and again, a lot right. of the situations didn't go end up peaceful, but they weren't because of like what he did. Like, you mm-hmm. know, the way he tried to live and operate was through nonviolence. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there are other people that led in the civil rights era. There are other people that led movements that were not like Martin mm-hmm. Luther King Jr.'s. And I'm not here to debate those, but what I am, I will point out is the person that we do celebrate and honor in the civil rights movement in that era today more than anybody else is Martin Luther King Jr. So yeah. here's a guy through, gave his life for what he believed, mm-hmm. and in, in the way that he led and the way he did in that regard, um, set an example yeah. for others. And so, that, yeah, I like the part that they did it in an honorable way. Yeah. And if there's things that you, and again, you can go back to biblically, mm-hmm. what they were being forced to do. Right. The way they were being forced to live and all oh, of that but, was, was but, it was a violation. Let me add, because there's no way to cover all the nuances of this. Let, 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 but let me say this, because I'm, I'm remembering an email that came in that talked about workplace and being under bad leaders. So let me throw out a couple quick nuances before we go. Okay. If, if you're in a relationship, I have to say this, where you're being harmed or abused, yeah. get out. Yeah. This, this is not a you should stay in abusive situations yeah. because you mean you're talking about using submission in regards to maybe marriage or re- marriage, or, marriage or, 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 or even if well, you're in a really toxic workplace if you yeah. can work somewhere else yeah now don't take that to the extreme you're always going to have offenses and disagreements but i'm talking about like if it's toxic and you're being verbally har- abused or especially physically harassed sure. or if you're in, in, a, in a marriage where you're in harm's way or or danger find help yeah and this this is not this is not a blanketing for bad leadership or an excusing of abuse um, in, yeah. any, in any way whatsoever. I think that's important to say. No, because um, there's point. a lot of people listening that you ha- are still today suffering wounds from bad leadership. Yeah, and um, and that's a whole other conversation, whole other topic. I agree. I, it, I don't think. I think the one beautiful thing is that most of us have the freedom to get out. If you're, yes. you're in a bad work situation or a bad environment where you have a bad leader, toxic leader, mm-hmm. and because I think one person did write it and they mm-hmm. said, what am I supposed to do in that? Should I just stay and submit? Well, no, you have the freedom to leave. Yeah. That's, that's completely different. That's right. what I'm saying. Like you have the freedom. To, if, it's not against the law to go leave and go find another job. I would just say this, right. try your best to leave well. Yeah. Even yep. if they, even if they mm-hmm. are bad, then they will have to deal with that right. in terms of their leadership. But try your best to leave well. Do it in as honorable way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in my notice. It's just not work. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Here's one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're going to answer this one. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in reference to PT being saddened by the people with the Jesus banner storming the Capitol, mm-hmm. uh, is if that was wrong for them to do, 
why was it okay for Jesus to flip tables in the temple when he got angry with the money changers? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about apples and oranges. <laughs> Let, let's go. Okay. Yeah, my one gut of response them, is they, the difference is everything. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think the problem is the only thing they have in common was that Jesus was trying to overturn, first of all, something that violated God's law. He was trying to overturn the corruption that was taking advantage of people in the temple system that was actually keeping them from God. So here was mm -hmm. Jesus' primary goal as a mediator was to come and bring people to God. Yeah. And there was a system that was keeping people from God. Yeah. And Jesus was not going to stand with that. That's not what they were, according to their law, were supposed to be doing. It was what was twisted into it. Now, yeah. there's a difference between that, in my mind, and actually breaking the law because you have heard... I don't even know how to describe this because there are, and you know this, you, you, you've talked to, you tell me about some people you talk to, and I know some people who are absolutely convinced mm -hmm. that the election was stolen. Yeah. And most of the people that were there were absolutely convinced. Why? Because, well, the primary leader who was saying that it was stolen, right? M months before there was ever even an election. Huh? Months before there was ever oh, even it started an the conversation beforehand, but even afterwards. And again, there's been so many things that have come out mm -hmm. after the fact yeah. of all the people on his cabinet, other people who all say, uh, you know, uh, head of the FBI, other ones that basically were like, there's not the evidence for this, but there's a claim for it. And because of that, we're, there's mm -hmm. going to just be this upheaval and we're going to break the law. We're going to storm into the building. We're going to say we're looking for people to kill them. Like mm -hmm. that, that is, yeah. where I, is the spirit of that line up with Jesus? To me, this is a really bad, well, Jesus flipped the tables, so shouldn't they go break windows and go in there and, uh, and hunting down? Yes, I, a, I, I um, appreciate the answer, but there, there's part of me that doesn't even intend Intelligently know how to approach it. I, I, um, because I, I think, well, and I'm, and, and I'm going to say, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Uh, uh, kind of on the joke of me saying who I voted for. I feel like I have to say this. Um, whenever I am talking, because I know there's going to be, there will be people on on extremes that will hear certain things we say mm -hmm. and 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 come to Assu conclusions. Assume. So yeah. I, so yeah, don't assume you know who I voted so, for because so, you, so I got a 15, I got a 15 second disclaimer. Whenever I'm talking to my really liberal friends, they're convinced I'm a diehard conservative. Whenever I'm talking to my far-right friends, they're convinced I should go work for CNN. I took multiple tests in the 2020 election, and uh, you know those things where you can, yeah. and it shows you where you are on the pol political spectrum. I came in right in the middle mm. every time. I've said it before, but I'm about the most politically homeless person mm. you have ever met. There is not a party that fully represents me. Um, I, I have things good and bad I could say about the current president and the former president. Mm -hmm. um, and I, th there are values on both sides that I resonate with. I don't know if that makes people more offended or less offended, but I just oh, I have to say that. But for me, I look at a situation, whatever you're convinced of as far as the claims that it was stolen. I, we, we live in America. There's, I feel like there's been a level of corruption in probably every single election. Yep. Um, but th we had leaders for the last eight years that were intentionally divisive, mm -hmm. intentionally polarizing, intentionally fear-mongering. And we were told months before an election, whatever happens, this was stolen. Yeah. And there are a group of people um, that, uh, that were, I, in my view, this is not church stance, this is Russ stance. Um, Russ.more at the X.Church. <laughs> no, don't even put the, our church's email in there. <laughs> no, just, yeah. Just hit um, on Instagram. So so, so so to me, I, I, I see a culmination of a really divisive time mm -hmm. and a group of people uh, that did not respect 
the the results of an election mm-hmm. who came in with weapons and broke the symbol and attacked and desecrated the symbol of our democracy for the first time in 200 years mm-hmm. and built nooses to hang the person who refused to break the law and people died that day and cops were attacked that day and um, property was destroyed that day and um, floors were defecated on that day to compare that to the holy son of god going into the temple that he owns as the creator of the universe mm-hmm. and cleansing away yep. spiritual hypocrisy in people that yep. are exploiting the poor and exploiting worshipers i don't know how to f- fully um I don't know how to bridge the gap in the comparison. I, I, I agree with Is that you. okay? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think you said that well. I think this is the problem of a version of Christianity that is so intertwined and meshed with American politics. And by the way, he just didn't kill anybody. No. He chased out the corruption of his temple. Yeah, and I, and I think this is, this is the problem we have mm-hmm. of unpacking when we have a faith that is so intertwined with American politics. Yeah. If it... If you believe that it was God's divine hand mm-hmm. that led Americans to rebel against England, then you would probably not have an issue mm-hmm. with believing it could be God's divine hand leading people to riot on January 6th. Yeah. Um, I, that's why I'm real careful to go, oh, I think that was God's, you know, God mm-hmm. was in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I think what you said is... I would echo that. I just, I don't Show see, me grace if you hate I don't, me, disagree I me. don't see the comparison either. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is we conflate the two. Yeah. Um, and I think that's dangerous. It's yeah. like it's like conflating um, scripture and the constitution. Yes. They're not the same. No, but some people put them very close. Oh, I know, but they're not the same. Yeah. And the, they're and, not even the same planet. But, but then, and even, but I mean, yes, they're not. But again, this is where I said we had, if you're a Christ follower, you have two citizenships. <laughs> you need you to determine which one is the one that matters. And let me just say, if you pick America, mm-hmm. here's what I want you to know. Um, eternity is a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that America is a thing in eternity. Yeah. I don't know that any of our governments are a thing in eternity. It's so funny. I've told, and, and, yeah. it's just, and so I just think that this idea that I'm good, if you're going to put all your eggs in the America basket, that's fine. I, you, you, can, you can address that with God one yeah. day. Um, and I love this country, but if when two comes, if they come to a crossroads, and I have to make a decision. I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm, my prayer is, and if it ever gets so bad for me, is that I want to try to take the posture like Paul said: above all, live as citizens of heaven. Yeah, it sounds so cliche, but we have it's, at some point we have to decide what kingdom are we more committed to building. Yeah, an earthly kingdom, or and, and it's funny talking talking about we don't even know if America's gonna be here. I, you've been there. I've talked about it before. I was in Israel walking around the ruins of ancient kingdoms and our Jewish tour guide. And America really supports and loves Israel. But I'm walking in Israel and a Jewish tour guide, I'm asking, what happened to this kingdom that was around that was so big? And he said the same thing that's happened to every kingdom that's been over 300 years. He said, and the same thing that's going to happen to America. And we all just looked around and he said, what, you you act like America is going to be here forever? Yeah. It's the eternal empire? And and to my my point to that would be America might be around. And I said this to this guy, and I said, but I'm not sure America is going to be a great world power. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, like and, and that's be. not a knock on America. I'm not saying that's I, just looking at the reality of history. Yeah. That, man, when I went to Russia and I was in Moscow and they were celebrating their either 800 or 850th birthday, hmm. and then you realize, man, how young we are. Yeah. <laughs> There's okay. a lot of history. Anyways. All right. 
So <laughs> they only get spicier from here. Okay, let's try to hit them kind of quick. Let's hit them quick. People um, are probably already tuned off because they got mad at you. Yeah, please hey. show us grace. It's okay. Show us grace. Let, the whole goal here is that you hate <laughs> Russ and you love me. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, uh, okay. How about this one? We'll do one more to answer from now on. Go. Well, oh, yeah. Okay, good luck. My. Oh, these are all so. Uh, okay. How about this? Read one. When PT takes about, talks about the Bible saying love foreigners, how does that apply to people coming into the country illegally? Mm, that's a great question. I got a lot of thoughts it? on that. You do. Okay. Do. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you share a bunch of them. Um, again, I think this is one where this is one where I, I would caution us to. There, there, American politics and mm -hmm. policies, okay, are different than biblical values. Mm -hmm. And it's okay, and this is what I want to say, even we can defer, we can defer, we can have differences of how we think America should police this, mm -hmm. policy it, yeah. we, and, and, it and, and we could still hold our biblical values. Yeah. What biblical value I do see mm -hmm. is the heart of God for foreigners. Like he yeah. invited in the Old Testament foreigners to be able to participate, at least mm -hmm. to an extent in the Jewish faith. Yeah. They had a way of converting. Again, yeah. I know we're not asking people to come in and convert to America. I mean, we do mm -hmm. actually, but not in religious sense, I guess. Yeah. There, there's, um, we're called to take care of people. They were not, the Israelites were not to enslave and treat foreigners in the way mm -hmm. that they did. Now, servitude, uh, indentured servitude, and a, a voluntary slavery system existed then, which was also a little bit different, but the way that we're supposed to treat them. So there are some values that I think you can bring into this conversation of how we are to treat them. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that we all have to be like, open borders, fine. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, again, I think this is where I would separate our biblical values mm -hmm. with political policies. Mm -hmm. And with that, you and I may or may not share the same view on how to deal with this. Um, I do think it is a growing crisis. Mm -hmm. You talk to anybody that lives in states along the borders, and yeah. you will say they're getting flooded with people yeah. that are coming in illegally. Mm -hmm. I think, number one, it's a good thing that people actually want to come to America and they're not trying to flee America. Yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. um, I do think that we have a process. Yeah. And I do think that people should follow the process mm -hmm. and people do not follow the process. Yeah. Okay. What you do with them once they're in the country, a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, we can get into the political. I've been trying to address these as much and staying in, in line yeah. with what the conversation we're having, which is about faith and right. politics. So I think we're going to get into right. just more personal preference in politics at this point. Yeah. Unless you have some thoughts in regards to faith and politics, I mean, if you want to, that's I, fine. I just I, yeah, similar. I think it, it, it it's really tricky to talk about politics without getting political. <laughs> you know, so you, you talk about when you talk about immigration, um, if if we can put aside all of our polarizing and tribalism and us versus them, if we, yeah. we can put aside all the see, see. This is another this is another issue in which I really have disdain for the extremes on both sides. Yeah. So I think I think the far left approach to uh, just on a practical level, I think yeah. the far left approach to immigration is uh, can be very very careless and naive yeah. and unhealthy and unhelpful. It it is not wrong for a nation Romans thirteen for a nation to have borders. Yeah. And I I think it's an important conversation, and I think there does need to be a process, and I th and I think the far left's approach is uh, naive and and not healthy and not helpful. But I equally disdain the approach on the far right that, in my opinion, at times can be very fear-mongering, mm -hmm. um, can have uh, very z 
xenophobic and at times even racist rhetoric, mm. very us versus them. And, and, and I just think both of those are really, really unhelpful. And, and by the way, Jesus was a refugee. Mm-hmm. That's important to remember. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually heard a theologian, not me, Russ Moore, but uh, Russell yeah. Moore, the theologian, I actually heard him say something about immigration I thought was really great. He said, as followers of Jesus, we have liberty to disagree yeah. on immigration, yeah. but we don't have liberty to disagree on immigrants. So it's good. I, I, to me, th- th- those are all those are some political like thoughts of. I think both sides are really extreme. So on a political thing, I'd, I'd, I'd probably should, I would be more moderate. I, I just I think there's got to be some sort of process. There's got to be some sort of helpful way. I mean, you get into so many things where someone said when you go to the southern border, it's probably confusing because immigrants see really two opposing signs: help wanted or get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that really, and you look at the poor that are exploited, and but then you look at people that come over that other than this are law-abiding citizens, but have kids that were not even part of the decision, end up growing up in America and, and are trying to make a life for themselves. We, yeah. we, we, we got to think practically and compassionately mm-hmm. both. We got to be both practical and compassionate yeah. when we approach this issue. But I think the deeper thing, again, if, if the whole point of these conversations is to is formation of how we think. My whole thing is, I'm going to go back to it. When I hear about an immigrant, when I hear about immigration, is my first thought fear and anger towards a policy or empathy towards people? Is my first reaction frustration and all those people or all those whatever? Or or is or have I taken the moment to imagine? Because... In spite of what we may hear in fear-mongering, the vast majority of these people that are coming are just desperate people yeah. who, are, who are fleeing war-torn countries and poverty and violence and danger. And there's got to be part of us that tries to put ourselves in their shoes and, and says, man, what would I do for my kids? What extent would I go sure. to create a new life? What extent would I go? And, and so do there need to be laws? Absolutely. And, and what does all that look like? I'm not an expert. I do think we got to get away from the polarizing rhetoric, and we got a country with enough smart people in it that they need to be able to find a way to get in a room and come up with some holistic solutions. But I know this. Um, I know that um, the way I th- – here's how I can know I've lost the heart of God on an issue. Mm. When I care more about the policy than the people. When I think policy before – because. In my mind, some people would say that without the policy, it's dangerous for the people in our country. I'm not saying policy doesn't matter. No, I know. I'm just trying but to I'm, but, make the point. Okay, like, so, you know what I'm saying? I'm well, saying? Well, here's the point I'm going to make. Jesus, mm-hmm. search all the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Find the moments where people were harshly trying to hold up. This is what the law is, and you broke it. Sure. And then find the, the person that was more sure. unfortunate and who was falling under that and see if Jesus ever took the other side. Yeah. I, I, I picture the woman caught in adultery, and, right. I, and I see all the leaders around saying, Jesus, don't you know what the laws are? Right. Don't you know what it is? Yeah. And I see Jesus looking at the person and saying, yeah, I'm very aware of the yeah. policy, but I'm looking at a person. Yeah. And by the way, um, Jesus well, said something like this. He says, uh, whenever you have a cup of cold water in my name, you do it as to me. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do to me. Mm-hmm. And these are the moments we got to think, if the way I treat the most ostracized, the most marginalized, the most unfortunate, the most poor, the refugee, if the way I treat them is the way I'm treating Jesus. I I, got to do heart checks in these moments. Regardless where I land on policy, Mm. I got to do enough heart checks to say, how do I speak of them? 
How do I speak about them? Sure. I agree. I think there's, uh, you know, we don't have to be labor. I think there's, a, I think we didn't really address, but I guess, let me just say, I don't know that I have the answer. So if you're wanting to know, what would you do if, well, I didn't run for presidency and yes. I don't know, like I would get smart people in the room. Yes. And I do think we have to, um, I do think we need to do something about it. The, the, the open borders does allow some danger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to always remember that most, if not all of us in this country were immigrants mm-hmm. at one point. Our mm-hmm. forefathers were. Mm-hmm. Uh, sailed across on yeah. some boats and came and saw the Statue of Liberty that yeah. uh, represented freedom, had their names written down in a book. And mm-hmm. again, that was the process, though. There was a process for it. And I think it, you're, you're just saying we just should have the heart yes. uh, of 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 someone who cares or a yes. nation that cares about people that are in really, really difficult situations. Yes. But at the same point, and I, and I don't know that they always have to be competing. I think you can have that and have great concern. That's what I'm saying. You can have great concern. I don't think it has to yes. be one or the other. It I doesn't. And, and I think you can, you can really care because, and, and I heard someone say this once and, and, and we can move on, but the problem is someone said that we in America, I think it might have even been on Battle Ready, said we over the years never even bothered to address the deeper issues that are causing everybody to leave. And I know yes. you could go, well, that's not our problem because that's across the border. Well, it is our problem because it's coming across the border. Right. So either is there a way to deal with the actual problem? I feel like whatever policies we have, and it's almost, and again, this is very kind of, you know, internally thinking, let's put up walls, let's do whatever, and let's just, you know, okay, that's a plan, but we're still always going to have this problem of people pouring in because they're trying to get away from something. And, you know, someone, they also, I think, on air said, you know, how much, how much money we gave to drug dealers and how much money we did. You go back in the 80s and things that mm-hmm. kind of fed into all of the stuff that is still yeah. going on as a country. So yeah. it's like we've also kind of fed the problem at times with Central mm-hmm. America and our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now we're kind of reaping it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have the answers. That's a really complicated way to do it. I yeah. think you can secure the borders yes. and I don't have a problem with securing our borders. Yes. I think there should be a pathway for people. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things is we want to have a kind of a nation where I have a heart where there are refugees. I'm thinking about I think about the nations around Ukraine where thousands, tens of right. thousands of people are pouring out running for their lives from the attack from the Russians. Right. And I I I would want to think and this is the danger, right? But I would want to think if we were a neighboring nation, mm-hmm. would we be open would we have some open arms yeah. to people who are fleeing from that because we care about humanity, not just our humanity? Yeah. And, and so, again, very complex. It, it really is. Yep. I, I guess we gave a little bit more of our political. I, I think we do need to secure our borders, but we should also make sure we create a very realistic process mm-hmm. for people that are fleeing. Yeah. And I think we should, we should be a nation where we do welcome people in who are fleeing. Yeah. And it's easier said than done. Trust me. I get it. Yeah. Great one. Move on. Move on. Okay. Because we're going to run out of time. Yeah. We are, we are pretty much out of time. Yes. Uh, hours. How about this one? Uh, my, oh, God. Uh, your, All right. One sentence answer. Go. My question is more centered around the initial selecting of a candidate versus respecting and honoring once elected. Although I did need to hear that message as I need help in that area as well. My struggle comes when I align more with the stances and political viewpoint of one party, but the candidate does not handle him or herself in a manner pleasing to God. Which is more important, policies or character? Ooh. Um, I will <laughs> – I will. this is this, – we've heard this debate yeah. over President Trump – Mm-hmm. Um, and his presidency through within, I've heard this around mm-hmm. family, friends, and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think there was a time, I'm just give more of a personal answer to this. Um, I think that there was a time in my past where I would have said, I don't care about character. I just want somebody who does good policies. I have flipped on that. Hmm. Maybe because of some of our past presidents, but I have flipped on that to where I really, it's, it's funny, someone asked me this once, um, we apply that to the president, but we're not gonna apply that everywhere else. Like mm -hmm. for example, um, my guess is most of the people in this church <clears throat> would care a lot if I had really bad character, even if we had good policies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, you're it's a like, pastor, hey, so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> but well, I'm just, I'm just, so I'm, I'm bringing up the point that um, we're okay with certain areas going. I think leaders need to be full of character. Mm -hmm. I want to follow a leader's full of character. And then we get into a different realm politically and we're like, eh, so they're really a bad person. So they say really divisive things. So at times they can actually say vile things. So at times they like create dissension. So at times they've lied about it, but they had, they did some good things. Well, I could probably, you know, you can look throughout history and find all kinds of leaders on different sides of things that probably have done some good things. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes down to the argument is like, you know, that character doesn't matter mm -hmm. when it comes to politics, but it does matter in every other area. We're going to care about character in our um, local um, forms of leadership. If it's your boss, you care about character and the way they treat you because you want them to be fair to you. Mm -hmm. You go, what if you have a boss that has terrible character, mm -hmm. but the company has decent policies. Yeah. My guess is you are at some point not going to want to work for that boss because mm -hmm. it is going to win out. And I think at the end of the day, policies and who they are, I think their leadership and what happens in the country actually does flow from their character. Mm -hmm. I think it matters more than we think. Mm -hmm. And so in that regard, I, and I think this is where we've got this real massive divide. I want to say even on the conservative mm -hmm. side, when it comes to president Trump and his wanting to be re, run, throw his name in the office, uh, throwing his name in for the election again, mm -hmm. is I think that there are a lot of people that this is where it's divided that are going, you don't have the character mm -hmm. of somebody that should lead our country. But then there's other people go, yeah, but his policies are better than maybe yeah. the liberal policies. Yeah, and so and so it's almost like what's the 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 least of the two evils? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I don't and that's a really hard question to answer. What do you do? Yeah, it's really tough. I was in was it middle school? Aging myself. When Bill Clinton's nineteen sixty four. Did you say it was Kennedy or what? Funny. Wait, was it? Okay, sorry. Listen, I need you, you to tell me, me one you time. You do that what to me was, all the time. I need you to tell me one time what it was like when uh, you found out Lincoln was assassinated. Move on, let's go. Okay, um, so I, I, was in, I was in class, and I remember hearing about uh, Bill Clinton mm -hmm. and, Monica know, this, and Monica Lewinsky. And and just them, I mean, him being just thrown under the bus mm -hmm. uh, because nothing matters more than character. And then hearing the debates between Republicans and Democrats. And I, so I, it's interesting you say what you say, because I feel like for decades kind of watching it, because um, I mean, I grew up in a very conservative home and there's still a lot of, people may not believe it after this podcast, there's still a lot of conservative values I have. Um, but but you told me you hate conservative party. <laughs> so Sorry. Okay. It's not true. <laughs> um, but, but for decades, the talking point for the right, for the conservatives was character matters most. Yeah. And then it felt like oh, with I, Hillary Clinton, character mattered big time when it was an email yeah, scandal. Yeah, but but here's the thing, right? I yes, yes, 
But and, and and I say this graciously. I don't say this in any kind of slant, slanderous way. I just yeah. because literally the talking points change with my friends yeah. and my family and 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 over the course of the country of the discourse that I heard mm-hmm. was that uh, for decades char- uh, on the right character mattered most, and then President Trump came along and it seemed like character mattered least. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that as any kind of. Uh, Whatever, but it, it just, it, it was all of a sudden whenever character would be brought up, it was. Oh, yeah, policies. but at least he did this. Yes, it was. At least no, he did this. What about policies? This was pro Israel. This was. Yes. And all of the, and nothing else mattered. Yeah. You know, affairs, scandals, the way he's speaking to people, none of that mattered. It was, it was eh, rough around the edge, but, but, but policy. And so I think she asked a question that a lot of people, yeah. if they're really honest, because I think there are a lot of people. Uh, that may have very conservative values, but yeah. they're they're really they're really wrestling. Absolutely, and I, I think it's a great mm-hmm. question. I don't know that there's a a clean a clean answer. I, I, I I'm tempted to think maybe kind of like you. I don't put words in your mouth, but over the last few years, I'm I'm tempted to think uh, character matters more. It's, and, it's hard because policy affects it does maybe a wider reaching. It feels like it, it, it might affect wider reaching. But th- but then you but then you run into moments like 2020, yeah, and you run into moments of war, and you run into and and the way a country is steered and the way a country is yeah. spoke, and and and, 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 and this is been. and this is not a condemnation on President Trump and a condoning of yeah. President Biden. Yeah. Um. I the, again, you get me alone for coffee. I I, the, yeah. I I have opinions all across the board. Sure. But but I it, I I think regardless of what side you're on, mm-hmm. I think it's a fair observation yes. that the emphasis has severely shifted of from both parties of what matters. Yeah, and I think it is also really, you know, like the title of the series, it's complicated. It's just complicated. I think it's really hard, and I think where the where this boils down to, yes, and where this comes out, what okay, I'm going regardless of who is elected uh, president the next election. I want to pray for that president. Yeah. I want to honor the position and the yeah. person, regardless of what party they're from. Where it comes down to, I think, in the personal aspect, and I think this is where we all have to really wrestle right. through this, right? Is we have to we give each other the grace to wrestle through this. What matters most to you is going to show up on voting day. Yes. What are you going to do on voting day? Yeah. And um, so, who did you vote for? So, anyways, okay. what I, I I'm going to go. I'm going to say something in regards to my future voting practice. Okay that I've not really expressed or said, not really in a probably a public or even semi-public environment, that I know doesn't when I tell some people this, because I'll tell people privately, I don't care, but I don't always just throw it out there because then mm-hmm. it just becomes sound bites that everybody wants to use and they don't have the context. Yeah. Um, and people are sometimes shocked. No, because, uh, and, which is, I've reached a point mm-hmm. after some previous votes that I did that I then regretted mm-hmm. very badly. Um, that I've reached a point personally, and it's my own conscience, so I don't put this on anybody else, that if I do not feel like, feel comfortable in my conscience for either of the candidates, I'm not going to cast a vote. Mm, or, know, be, or I'm going to vote for you. And there are people that can't stand that. Yeah, people, people will not like people that. People not like that because are, you got to vote. Mm-hmm. Or a non-vote here means a four-vote for that person or vice versa. And um, first of all, I think this is where I would say um, – you give me grace for what I will do in following my conscience mm-hmm. when it comes to voting, and I'll give you grace for the way you vote when mm-hmm. it comes to your conscience in voting, because yeah. that's what we do in a civil society. But I, I, I don't know. That doesn't mean I'm not going to vote in the next election. Doesn't, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if it comes down to the I side with someone's policies 
but the character bothers me it enough to, mm-hmm. you know, again, what does that mean enough? I mean, it's like no one's perfect. I understand right. that. But do I think they'll be good in regards to all those other areas that we talk about for leading our How country? How about this? Then, then the character I will can't be unhinged. Up. Yeah. And, you, and it's got to count for something, and so it's going to count for something. Yeah. Um, I, I have a hard time voting against policies, especially on moral issues, that are really you know, matter to me. But I, I'm going to I want to include character in mm-hmm. that when it comes. And if I do not have freedom of conscience to yeah. place my vote, then I have that right. Yeah. To not. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, your civic duty. Eh, yes, it's my. I want to support and I want to pray and I'm going to pay my taxes and I'm going to do all that stuff. But I also just, I have to kind of, I have to kind of, hmm. I want to feel clean in my conscience yeah. uh, before God. <laughs> and even though I have the freedom to do that, and you could vote for this person that I don't want to vote for, and you've clean conscience between God, that's yeah. fine. There I was just a, we uh, overlook our conscience sometimes. There, there was an election one time, and I will not say which one, in which my... <laughs> 2008? I will not say 2012, which one. 2012? Okay. Um, I will not say which one. But there was an election in which my... My response, I, I, and there was an election which I did not vote, and my, the quote I had in mind was Charles Spurgeon, uh, when faced with the choice of two evils, choose neither. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and that, <laughs> and I that's, guess that's a great way of saying that's kind of how I feel right now, and I, yeah. Um, and that seems judgmental, and I don't seems, mean to be, yeah. but when you're voting, you are using judgment. You are. So it's, it's not like... I'm, it's not because I think that person is somehow such a terrible, sinful person that God cannot right. save them, rescue them. They don't matter. They don't have as much right. value. That's not. I'm just talking about when it comes down to choosing who to be in that seat. If yeah. that's one of the rights I have is right. to choose, well, guess what? I have the right to not choose to. Right. And by the way, and the whole thought of everybody should vote, that's not what the original founding fathers had in mind. We're a republic, not a pure democracy. So um, if somebody's oh. not educated in what they should be voting for or they don't feel a liberty of conscience yeah, I hope for, informed sh- people vote. I hope informed people not that feel good about their vote does. vote. Yeah. Anyways, do we have one, one last question? Okay, one, one last, last question. How long have we been doing this? A while. Sorry. Do you but believe yeah. the disinformation in the media, much of which is targeted at people in the church, is an attempt by the devil to divide the church? And if so, should we not speak out against the lies, even if doing so mm. puts us at odds with others in the church? Well, I'm going to just kind of read an assumption into that, which is that you're saying that all of the disinformation is only coming from one side. Yes. And I'm going to tell you right now, I believe there's disinformation on both sides. Yes. Um, and... And so, again, you might differ. If you wrote that question, I'm sorry, you might differ. But um, I think that, again, is where the echo chambers really start to bounce around really loudly, where it's like, oh, them, them. And, you know, that side's lying every time. And we got to speak out. My question is, what lies am I speaking out against? Am I speaking out? Am I looking at science and speaking out against lies of, well, the, I mean, what is that? We've been told everything that the vaccine is actually the mark of the beast, that when you get the vaccine, you're actually getting a chip implanted. You get it like... So, so what is a lie? Oh, I mean, I, well, we're gonna have not gonna have an audience left. Oh, that's why I'm, um, I'm just I'm not saying. Look, maybe that's true. I'm just saying, yeah. like, what what? It, it, it's, it's really hard to know what isn't it, a lie. It, 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 to be gen- you, you want to be charitable. Should I I mean, said that. No, 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 I'm not saying I'm you should have said that. But I will say to me again, this is probably gonna offend people on both sides. Mm. I, I think if you're fully formed and discipled in your mindset by an echo chamber on the left or on the right, it's not healthy. Yeah. And so I think there are equally dangerous things and concepts and, and, and uh, 
atmospheres and attitudes on both sides. So if I wanted to speak out against the lies and the dangers, I'd be spending time attacking Republicans and Democrats yeah. every single day. Yeah. But I want to go back to we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and our enemies are not people yeah. and our enemies. And you know what is crazy? You, you ended the message this past week by talking about if you study history, spiritual hope has never been found. You cannot legislate revival. Mm. Is there anybody listening to this that follows Jesus that would not say what we need most desperately in America is a true revival, yeah. a true spiritual awakening? Well, guess what? It has never come politically. Not yeah. once. Yeah. Study every revival from yep. Jesus to now. Because I feel like I'm a nerd who has too much time on my hands, and I've spent 10 or 15 years doing that. Yeah. And I can tell you, they all began with a group of humble people who prayed and asked God to bring supernatural power, and they didn't bother with political power. Doesn't mean you shouldn't get involved. Doesn't mean you shouldn't care. Doesn't mean you shouldn't vote. And what's crazy is right now, a few hours away, I'm going to go visit it. Yeah. There is potentially I know, I'm trying, I want to Asbury out Revival, I too. where I used to do ministry at a college campus. There is an Asbury Revival, and that's what we need. And so do we need to speak out and cause divisiveness? Um, and, and, and church, of course not. Jesus' last prayer was that we would be united in the mission. Well, and to let culture wars come in to the middle of a true spiritual war, absolutely not. Let me, well, that's a great point. If the last one, let me just yeah. repeat the one verse that I yeah. read. Only one verse that I read in this. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of speaks to, okay, there's all the disinformation going and all these lies. Do we stand up and speak out against all these lies and all that? Um, I want this posture. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. I'd rather have my life focused on spreading the good news of Jesus rather than worrying about trying to find all the disinformation mm -hmm. and speak out against that. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, mm -hmm. I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. Yeah. Which is mm -hmm. the good news. Yeah. Like, again, I... Again, everybody has their own. This is a beautiful part of about America, and you can have your own kind of thoughts and perspective on this. And just, I I want to spend my life focused on sharing the good news of Jesus with people instead of worrying about who made this and what conspiracy theory and this and that lie about this and about this. Listen, we're talking. You want to talk about? We're, we talk about the truth. We're doing a series talking about <laughs> the truth of these topics, not in a political way, but according to God's word. Yeah. Don't. I mean. Don't, yeah. I hope for the fact that we're actually having these conversations that yeah. you would recognize we are not afraid to have a conversation about yeah. the truth of these cultural topics according to Scripture. Yeah. But I'm not going to try to break down into different parties because of yeah. I'm convinced that you're lying about this. And, you know, yeah. like to me, that's futile. Yeah. If I want to see change happen in this world, I do agree with you. I believe it's going to happen from when the church actually loves like Jesus, looks like Jesus. And that and the church is still going to be around, even if yes. America as it looks is not 300 yes. years from now. Yes. And Leonard Ravenhill asked this question 50 years ago. If it took your country that you love so much, and he was both in Britain and America, if it took your country that you love so much, breaking down economically and as a power, but it meant under persecution that revival would sweep the world, Which would one? you still choose it? That's a great that's question. A, that's a great question okay. to ask. And we so, got to end it. So, so, so several things, several things. One, you, okay, I want to say this. You asked for grace the first week when you were preaching. We really. <laughs> I am asking for grace. We all are. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I love Jesus. I love you. Mm. And please forgive me. And, yeah. and, and by the way. And you don't have to get the vaccine if you don't want to. <laughs> you don't. Wait, don't, why'd you bring that up? Because you can get very nervous if someone asked it in the question. I just, I just, I don't know. People get okay, really... you do have to get it. He said you have to get no, it. No, I don't. Just tell him. No. Tell him. You I'm said not. I don't want to talk about the vaccine. <laughs>
<laughs> and, and, I, and I don't want to talk about it. Oh, man, but, we but just listen. need to be able to laugh about this stuff sometimes. But here's the thing. You said if somebody wants to challenge, you, you gave them some instructions. Yeah, read some books. Read. So here's the thing. If you've listened to something we said and you still disagree, hey, we're open to continuing the conversation. Yeah. I want to continue the conversation. Don't write us off. He don't does. just leave out of offense. I want to. But here's what I would ask you to do. Um, because I want to do after the after the series ends, I want to do one last podcast connect the series is kind of like a catch all mm. stuff we didn't get to hit, follow up questions. Mm. But do us a favor, read at least one of these books first. Mm. Not in it to win it, especially on the the, the, the nationalist patriotic culture wars thing when it comes to submission and honor, um, undercover, honors reward. But then also we don't have it up here with us, but we've mentioned it before. Brilliant book that I it's not a Christian book. Not a Christian book. But these two yeah. scholars really help um show us how we got to this cultural moment. Yeah. And it's called The Coddling of the American Mind. Good it's, book. Just Very read good book. it. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. Just read it. Do us that favor. Read it. Also, by the way, and then once you're done reading one of these books, send us a follow-up email. And, let's, and we'll keep going. We might. But here's some, I, I just wanted to mention this because we've, we've been doing podcasts for, I don't know, over two years now. A long time. Here's a couple ones if you want to follow up on okay. moments we've hit this. Episode 93, you had Pastor Matt Johnson on talk about Christian nationalism. nationalism. So that would be a great one on this topic. If you want to continue, go back to episode 93. Episode 13, our only our 13th one, was actually when the Capitol attack happened. And me, you, and Kevin processed it. Wow. So if you want to go back and, and go through that. Episode 8, you and two other pastors in the city did leading through a pandemic. There's probably some gold in there. And then... My cousin, who just got his PhD in political science mm. and educational law and all this stuff, came on episode 27 to talk about politics and polarization. Mm. And um, I just thought there was so much gold yeah. uh, in that. that. So uh, we love you. We hope, hope you, you still, still love, love us. us. <laughs> and um, if not, at least love Lydia. <laughs> Sorry, Lydia. Lydia. These are long days. These are long days. Hey, thank you so much. Seriously, for everybody that's engaged yeah. in the process, we tried to answer every email to an extent that we could keep sending them in and we're going to keep doing this and uh until next week we will see you then